episode 200 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. Uh, my name is Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd, and I am here in quarantine, sheltering at home here in Magenta Manor, down in the Pat Cave, and uh, I am, of course, uh, joined by my co-host in life and my co-host on the show. She is the Baroness of what, what, Burgundy? No. Bordeaux. Bordeaux. Baroness of Bordeaux. The Countess of Cabernet. Sorry, it's been a long day, and I've been doing a lot of stuff. The Countess of Cabernet, the Mistress of Merlot. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Episode 200, and you can't even give me a proper introduction? I'm very excited about what's going on later on in the show. Like, I will let you start over. Okay, you Begin. are the, uh, the Baroness of Bordeaux. The Countess of Cabernet, the Mistress of Merlot, the Real Housewife of Transylvania, the Michael Phelps of Wine, the Queen of the Monsters, and an honorary Lizzie. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Ashes Von Nightmare. And the wine is flowing. Oh, it is. You've got wine. What do you what do you have today? I have the Apothic Cabernet. Ooh, so you are Countess of Cabernet. I am the uh today I, I'm drinking orange vanilla Captain Morgan mixed with uh, orange vanilla. Uh, Coke zero. out of out of a sippy cup out of a Darth Vader sippy cup. Oh, mm. <sighs> I I am choosing to partake of my beverage out of a you know adult wine glass. But Ooh. hey, to each their own. Yeah, well, you know, I can do that. Actually, I am using the special wine glass that was gifted to me by Ian Wallace when he came up. From the great folks at Amalgamania, the Ashes Von Nightmare Pimp Cup. Oh yes, yes, it's very nice. And uh, as we were just speaking, we just got another entry for our uh, top five characters. You guys. So for our two hundredth episode, we decided that our getting into character question would also be the discussion of our show, which is who are your top five favorite characters of all time, all time. Like, that's crazy. Why does it sound like my mic is going in and out? Because your headphones are messed up. Oh, my headphones are messed up. I think it's the cable for your headphones. Well, you know, know, 200 episodes, and I still haven't figured shit out. Um, so anyways, we threw down, who are your top five favorite characters of all time? And oh my goodness, did you guys deliver? Oh, we yeah. have countless upon countless entries, yeah, feedback, I- voicemails emails like you guys are amazing yeah texts videos um all kinds of stuff from people it's just it's so great uh the amount of uh just the overwhelming response that you guys sent to us and what's crazy is you guys have such good answers like, yeah. There are so many characters that I was like, oh, crap, I didn't even think about that one. Oh, my goodness, that's such a good one. Like, you guys it's, never cease to amaze us. You never let us down. So thank you so much for all of the feedback. I cannot wait to delve into this. Yeah, what we wanted to do is, you know, kind of, you know, we're going to obviously discuss our top five. Oh, yeah, that's the thing we did, too. But <laughs> what we really wanted to do is, like, you know, you guys are the ones who kind of drive this show. We want to kind of showcase and highlight some of your choices. And... You know, honestly, after, you know, checking out all this stuff, like I found a whole bunch of new characters that we can do research on and we can cover. So once we know what's, you know, important to you and like the folks that you really care about, 
It's like, hey, this is helping us set up guests. This is helping us, you know, get content because we want to cover the characters you want to hear us talk about. See, we had an ultimatum all along. An ulterior motive. That's it. (laughs) You've already been drinking the wine. Yes. So um, I think what we'll do to start, because we have a lot of voicemails, we want to get to all of them. This is going to be a a longer show than usual, but it's totally going to be worth it. I'm very excited. We're to having a party. Guys. I'm very excited to hear what you guys uh, say, because I haven't listened to all these voicemails. I haven't read all these emails. I've seen some of the things that folks have posted on Facebook. You know, I've heard some of the stuff that people have sent to me directly, but uh, I've got my Wheel of Names app, so we're going to go through it that way. I figured that was the fairest way. Especially because, you know, we get a lot of shit from people about, like, choosing, uh, you know, like, oh, well, you know, you did a bunch of honorable mentions. I just want to say that not everybody was able to pare theirs down. Some people gave us, you know, a few extras. Some people gave us 10 extra. And some of you got really creative with your list, too. So you didn't necessarily give us your five top five favorite characters of all time, but you gave us lists of five different types of, of characters. And, well, you'll we'll, see. Yeah, we'll you'll see. see. But I, I re- thought that was so cool that you guys kind of took it and ran with it. Especially uh, Mr. Ian Wallace of Amalgamania, <laughs> who couldn't settle on a top five, so he sent us nine different categories of top fives. So you'll be hearing nine different lists from Ian Wallace Which, I mean, spread out throughout the show. Honestly? That's really smart, and I almost did the same thing. Well, I will tell you this. Coming from a guy who had 63 movies in his top 10 of 2019, uh, (laughs) I can applaud that. I have 41 in my top 10, so what I did was, of those 41 characters, I took my top 10, and then I took my number one ultimate. So I have... 29, I'm sorry, I have 30 that didn't make the cut. And these are some great characters. There's 30 that didn't make the cut. Then there's 10 through 6, 5 through 1, and then the ultimate, the epitome, the top of the heap. So, um, and I, I'm, once I get into my top five, I don't think a lot of you folks are going to be uh, surprised, and I don't think anyone's going to be surprised by my number one uh, overall Gasp! Sorry, I'm just I'm just working on my oh. surprise. Oh, okay, face. okay. Yeah. Gasp! So um, I'm so surprised. So I know you did a, a specific list as well. So let's. So somehow my top five ended up as a top fourteen. So I decided to make it my top five with nine honorable mentions. So why don't why don't we do this? You do your first four honorable mentions. I'll do my first five. And then, because I have five, five, one. So you can do four, five, and five. That? You want to do it thusly. So that way, you know, we can spread it out in the main topic of conversation. But let's, you know, let's wet people's appetites a little bit. Too. All right, let me, I'll start I'll start, I'll start off. stuff. So my number 10 character of all time, uh, this will come as no surprise to anyone. Uh, I have multiple Funko Pops including one from Mr. Ian Wallace, even though I was just busting his chops a moment ago. Uh, That would be Bruce from Jaws. He's the shark. Um, Hello, Bruce. Yes, he is uh, awesome. I am a nice shark. But he only barely cracks the top ten because I love that movie so much. And 
you know, you don't get to see him that much, so it's kind of hard to put him higher. But he does drive the entire plot. The entire film revolves around him. The he entire, is... like, series of films. Well, I mean, not so much around Bruce. Well, if you read the books, you Bruce's find out. family. Yeah, I was going to say, you find out that, you know, while, you know, you have the extended Brody family, you also have the extended Bruce family because there's multiple sharks and they're all kind of related. So I thought that was kind of cool. Number nine. Uh, let's see. And this is, again, kind of cheating because it's not one character, but it's rather a pair of actors who I fucking love because they're amazing in everything that they do. And it's Simon Pegg and uh, Nick Frost. So I have them as Sean and Ed oh, you got from Shaun of the you. Dead. And also Nicholas Angel and Danny from, oh, from yes. uh, Hot Fuzz. So that's my number nine choice. Number eight. That's so good. And these are book characters only, not the show characters, because one of them is a fucking joke on the show, whereas in the books, he is on his way to becoming some sort of eldritch Lovecraftian god. I'm talking, of course, about A Song of Ice and Fire, uh, Stannis Baratheon. Oh, you love you some Stannis. Tyrion Lannister. Okay. Because he's so much more badass in the... the, uh, in the books, like he actually participates in uh, the the battle right before, right when uh, Jamie gets captured, when he has all the mountain clans, he actually kills people on horseback. Like he fucks people up with an axe. It's awesome. Uh, and the uh, guy turning himself into a Lovecraftian god through blood magic is Euron Greyjoy. Euron Greyjoy is a phenomenal character in the book. He is scary. He is like one of the most frightening characters I've ever come across. He's awesome. And if you haven't read the books, you don't know what I'm talking about. But if you have, you know exactly what I mean. So dude, you mean he's not like a niece-hating Jack Sparrow? No, he's not fucking Jack Sparrow at all. He's like, like Hannibal Lecter would be like, you know what? I'm good. I'm I'm out. See you. Bye. Um. So that's uh, eight. Number seven. Uh, again, a tie. Godzilla and Kong. I can't separate them. Uh, I love them both. I love Godzilla a little more, but I love the new do you, iterations. Do you kind of just want them to hug it out? I think they will. Uh, well, like, they're going to fight a little hug. bit, and then they're going to be like, Friend. and then Kong's going to be like, you have to save Mothra. And Godzilla's going to be like, <laughs> why did you say that name? <laughs> yeah. So that's that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, uh, so, and now number six. Um great character and i'm sure we're gonna hear her name repeatedly through the night is it me it is not you you're a fucking character all right (laughs) but like you have enough names that you'd be the top 10 yourself i am my own top 10 uh i'm talking of course believe it or not it's ellen ripley oh oh and she has some sage advice for this time one of her most important quotes of the entire movie if we break quarantine we could all die Yep. So she knew what the fuck was up. So that's uh, that's ten through six. So that's a little bit of a a, a, a wetting your appetite. So Ashes, who's your 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 four that didn't make it into your top ten? Okay. So number fourteen is Lily Munster. Mm. I grew up watching the Munsters. I love the Munsters. If it comes down to, I mean, I also love Morticia Adams too. But when it comes down to, you know. 
between Morticia and Lily. I'm more Lily. She's funnier. We did have that that yeah, conversation. Yeah, we did when we did our well, and we had this conversation when we did our Real Housewives of of horror. Well, yeah, you're the Real Housewives. Episode. Of <laughs> yes. Yeah, rum. <laughs> <laughs> but she's just such a great character, and her relationship with you know Mr. Munster. I just I Herman. Her, yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's easy to remember because Herman is her man. I was going to call him Ed. (laughs) Ed Munster. Well, Eddie Eddie is their son. Um, Yeah, and if I was Herman Munster, I'd look into some shit because he's a Frankenstein's monster. She's a a vampire, but their kid's a werewolf. There's some shit going on in, in Munster House. Maybe it was an adoption. You don't know that. Maybe she was getting freaky with Lon Chaney. Eh? Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? We don't know what goes on in the bedroom, and who are we to shame them? I mean, if you think about it, who says that Herman can even get an erection? Who says he even has one? Oh, I'm sure. Uh, did you see Young Frankenstein? He would have an enormous Schwanstück. <laughs> well, of course, that would go without saying. So my number 13 character is SpongeBob SquarePants. Nice. I was, and, and I still adore this character. I haven't seen many of the more recent episodes. I know there, well, there was supposed to be a film coming out. I don't know if that's still happening or not. <laughs> the, the thing they did on uh, Futurama when it was like SpongeBolt, like Iron Pants or whatever. And he's like, he, I interrupt pacemakers. <laughs> or I interfere with pacemakers. But I love the older episodes of Spongebob, like when Spongebob first came out in the first few seasons, I was obsessed. I was in high school and it's an obsession that followed me into college to the point where I had you know, the Spongebob Squarepants bedspread and like Spongebob Squarepants tiki like lights, like the Christmas little tiki lights. Well, we um, have the quilt. Yeah, I have the quilt that, uh, I, I, oh, I made that quilt. Mm-hmm. My mom helped me, but that was the first quilt I ever made. I use that sometimes. It's it's nice when it's kind of chilly. It's li- yeah, it's it's light. It's a lighter quilt. But you don't want to be super warm. To it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's just, he's one of those characters. He's just so joyful. Like, there's something about him I just love. He's big, and he's yellow, and he's squishy, and I like that. Sponge bolt square pips. Square. So, my number 12 SpongeBob pick. square bolts. Now, it's something that I, I, I haven't mentioned on the show. So unless you know me personally, you've been into my house, you wouldn't be aware that I have this obsession. But I fucking love Hello Kitty. Oh, my God. I love Hello Kitty so much. I don't know why. I just think she's so freaking cute. And it's one of those things where when I was younger, I used to have, like, the Lisa Frank Trapper Keepers. And I would have Hello Kitty notebooks and pens and pencils. And everything was all Lisa Frank and Hello Kitty. And I just love her. And it's something that hasn't let up in adulthood. I have Hello Kitty stuff everywhere. Yeah, and it's to the point where we have matching pumpkin tattoos, and your pumpkin has a top hat, but my pumpkin has a Hello Kitty bow. Yes, because I just, I I love her so much. She's so cute. And she's actually, like, she represents more than I think what people, than what people realize, and I think Mm -hmm. we should probably do an episode on her at some point. We should. I'm surprised we haven't. Uh, Yeah, me too. There's going to be a lot of characters mentioned that's like, holy shit, how have we not done... How have we gone 200 episodes and not done an episode on blank? Yeah. 
luckily we ain't going anywhere so we can do more episodes on people but yeah i absolutely adore hello kitty and the whole like sanrio family you know there's Agatsuko and my melody. Oh, and and Hello Kitty has a sister. Technically, it's her twin sister named Mimi. I think it's her twin sister named Mimi. But uh, and so Hello Kitty usually wears like the red or the pink bows, and Mimi usually wears the yellow bows. So I have a younger sister, so we do the whole like Hello Kitty Mimi thing, and it's cute. I think it's cute. It's, it's adorable. Uh, my number eleven character is Stitch. From Lilo and Stitch. Ohana means family. We've done an episode on Stitch. We did do an episode on Stitch. Stitching together a family. Lilo and Stitch, uh, one of my all-time favorite films. And I just think that his character, not only is he adorable, but there's a lot to that character. And I forget what episode number that was. But, you know, if you want to hear our episode about Stitch, you know, you can go back. I think it's one of our earlier episodes. I think it's like in the 60s, but don't quote me on that. I don't know 100%. But they have come out with all of this Stitch stuff, all of the Stitch paraphernalia. Uh, Funko has released a whole bunch of Stitch Funkos, and I have pretty much all of them. You just got a new one, too. I did. He's eating ice cream, and he's scented. We haven't smelled them, so we don't know I, what yeah, he I technically like. don't open the boxes, but I should probably, should probably smell them. Yeah, I, I think that would I be... what Stitch smells like. I'll get back to you on He that. probably smells like destruction and rage but like hot topic has so much disney merch now like back in the day hot topic was predominantly like punk bands and emo bands and the place where i would go to get all of my chains and you know goth girl scene girl stuff but now it's it's completely changed and there's so much disney stuff including a lot of lilo and stitch mainly stitch merch and I just, I love it. I love it so much. I have a bunch of Stitch stuff. I think he's so freaking cute. But not only that, what that movie not only means to me, but, you know, to so many people, the message of the film is just such a good, wholesome family message. And I love it. I love him so much. And. No, no, that yeah, that's it. That's it. You, brings you're going to do. me to the to end. Yeah, oh, don't do any more. You don't want to. Not going to do any more. I'm going to follow directions. Yeah, because you don't want to give anybody else the uh, the, uh, the early. Whatchamacallits. Um, I, I have the higher ground. It's over, Anakin. I have the high ground. Yeah, the high ground. Yes. Yes. All right. So I think what we'll do is we'll take a quick break. And when we come back. We will uh, get into all this awesome feedback. So many feedbacks. I'm so excited. You guys are amazing. All right. We'll be right back. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks, too. And deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Hi, this is Dominic Pace, who played the bounty hunter Gecko from The Mandalorian, and you are listening to the Throwdown Thursday podcast. 
And we are back. All right. So I think it's about time to get into some of these uh, awesome, awesome uh, feedbacks. So the first thing I'm going to do right now, I'm going to spin the wheel. Wheel of morality. Turn, turn, turn. Let's Tell us the lesson that we should with. learn. And it looks like it stopped. And the first, uh, first set of feedback we have is from uh, my buddy, Mike Neal, who is uh, currently in the middle of, uh, you know, uh, editing, because I was working on uh, the secret project with him. And uh, so he sent in, actually, uh, not only his own, but he sent in uh, his son Jasper, who... Oh, fun! And uh, you have to check out Jasper Tales. Uh, They've got a lot of uh, stuff up on uh, Vimeo. Jasper is one cool kid, like seriously. Yeah. He's uh, infinite so Santa. Oh, brilliant, like, like talented, artistic. You've you've and you've heard me, I'm sure, talk about uh It's Me Ma, which is a brilliant film that uh Mike worked on uh, directing, writing along with uh Joe Lemieux, who we were also going to hear from tonight. So without any further ado, here we go. Jasper his uh, number five is, uh, it's not a character, but it uh, he could be a character. Jackie Chan, because everything he does is amazing. Mm. Beast Boy from Teen Titans Go oh. and Teen Titans Go to the movie, because... Beast Boy is the best. He is a boy, and he likes that on the show. Uh, Thanos, because he is also awesome. Captain America, because he's awesome. And Jasper's number one is Gru from... Despicable Me. <gasps> oh, Gru! Hello, I'm Gru. Back to work. Back to work. So here we have uh, Mike. Mike's uh, picks, and I'll go uh, five to one again. Number five is Jesse from the Before Trilogy. He was the same age as I was when Before Sunrise came out, and we were in almost identical phases in life, watching him grow through the three films. It's like watching a mirror of what my life could have been. That's really cool. Uh, number four, Dr. Rumack from Airplane. And he said, I mean, does this even need an ex- any explanation? <laughs> no, it does not. Uh, number three, RoboCop, one of the all-time tragic characters and a brilliant retelling of the Frankenstein story. Sure, he was made from a corpse and designed to do what his creator desires, but what does that mean for his humanity? RoboCop's a character we should cover. And uh, here's one that you'll know, and you'll be uh, uh, very familiar with him. Faramir, a plot device in the original cut, he becomes an all-time tragic character in the extended edition while adding layers of humanity to Boromir and even more villainy to Denethor. I know everything you just said. I agree completely. I get it. The only difference is you don't know the difference between the original cut and the extended cut, except for what I was telling you about. Right, but the extended cut but was you amazing. Get, you get the the layers and like how he's vital to the story and who he is. And number one, Alex Delarge, one of the most one of the great characters of all time, charismatic yet terrifying. And the ingenious stroke of the film is that we care and root for a monster. Mm. And he says, "A happy two hundredth episode from Jasper and I." Uh, so thank, thank you, you, Mike. Thank you, Jasper. You guys are awesome. Great list. Yeah, like a really good list. So now we drop them off and we go to the next one. Spinning the wheel, doing some stuff. 
Yes. And it is Lish from uh, Paranormal Country. But for whatever reason, my phone kept auto-correcting it. It wouldn't let me write Lish. It kept changing it to List. And I was like, what the hell? Uh, yeah, so Lish from Paranormal Punchers. Okay, so she says, hope you guys are doing good. Her number five is Luke Danes from Gilmore Girls. Oh, he's the one with the coffee shop. Number four is Sailor Moon slash Usagi Tsukino. I probably hacked that <laughs> up, and I apologize. Number three is Malcolm Reynolds from Firefly. Number two is Buffy Summers from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Good nice. choice. And her number one is Veronica Mars. Now, she says, it's hard to come up with favorites since there are multiple favorites in each show. Of course, my all-time favorite character is Veronica Mars. We'll literally be watching something and an actor that was in Veronica Mars will pop up. And I have to say, oh, they were in Veronica Mars. Instead of five degrees of Kevin Bacon, it's more like one degree of Veronica Mars. We do that with shows, too. Hey, that's the guy from this. That's the lady from that. Although I do that with Sex in the City a lot. I would say, Lish, what you made me think of when you were doing that is that new meme that's going around with uh, Leo DiCaprio from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where he's got the beer and he's pointing at the TV. And it's like, when I see an actor from a show that I, you know, I always watch in another show, like that's, that's what you reminded me of with that. All right, let's, uh, let's keep humming along. Who is next? Wheel name, a wheel of names, wheel, name wheel. Doing some stuff, singing and some songs. It is Stephanie Wiley is the next pick. So Stephanie got uh, hers in just under the wire, um, and she's got a really good list. So I would expect nothing less. None of these are a surprise to me, uh, except one, because I was not uh, I was not aware that. This was, uh, I know she's a big Stephen King fan, but this was not the character I thought that she might pick. So she doesn't have them in any order, so I'll just read them in the order they came in. Dana Scully from The X-Files. She actually joined us for that show. Mm -hmm. It was called Wiley's Rated X-Files. Storm from The X-Men, whom we have not covered. Uh, Brienne of Tarth, obviously. Of course. Uh, Olivia Benson from Law & Order SVU, Mariska Hargitay. Yes. Very good character. And the one that surprised me was Dolores Claiborne from Dolores Claiborne. Oh. I honestly would have uh, pegged her to pick uh, Annie Wilkes from Misery. But uh, she didn't give any explanation or any, uh, whatchamacallit, honorable mentions. So, Wiley, thank you for that good list. And thank you for surprising me with uh, Dolores Claiborne. That's a good one. I did not expect that. All right. Let's move on. Let's see who is next. Oh, sorry, I'm supposed to be singing, doing some stuff, drinking some wine. All right. So, we have uh, Ian Wallace, and we have his fifth list. So, what I did was, uh, because he had so many, I just uh, broke them down into one through five. I mean, sorry, one through nine for his list. So let's see. One, two, three, four. All right. So these are his top five fantasy characters. Uh, And they are Conan from the Conan the Barbarian series. Um, 
I don't know if he means the books or the by Robert Howard or the uh, movies, but either way, uh, Gimli from Lord of the Rings. Oh, I liked him. Red Sonia said the main character from Lady Hawk, but the name escapes me. I don't know. I am unfamiliar with Lady Hawk, but uh, I'm sure someone in our audience can tell us what that is. And Beastmaster. Oh, Beastmaster. So good list. Good call on that one. And so we've gotten one of uh, one of Ian's out of the way. So let's see who we got next. All right. Oh, I forgot to do a song. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm not good at this. There's a, there's a lot of these. I don't expect you to do a song each and every time. So this is from uh, our good friend, the aforementioned Joe Lemieux, who oh. also is working on that mystery project with uh, uh, with Mike that I am uh, very happy to be a pra- uh, part of. And he did not um, he did not give uh, an order. He just gave his character. So we're going to read them in the order he gave us. Frankenstein's monster from Frankenstein. Mm. Classic. Great pick. Uh, very similar to where uh, Mike took... Uh, RoboCop. Uh Rick Blaine from Casablanca. I Oh that's a that's a deep cut. Oh, that's a good pick. Next is Jim Stark in Rebel Without a Cause. Oh my Another god. Pick. Uh Shane from Shane. Okay. Really good pick. Yeah. Uh and uh his last pick is Darth Vader. Oh. So if you are unfamiliar with Darth Vader, he is from a little franchise called Star Wars. Never heard of it. Yeah. Battle planet, guys. <laughs> uh, so, Joe, thank you for that list. That's a good list. Good call. I love how eclectic some of these lists are. Yeah. Like, you really get to, uh, you really get a sense of people's fandoms. And. Do All right. We have uh, another Ian Wallace list. <laughs> so, this is uh, Ian number three. So I'm trying to stall a little bit because I have to keep going back and forth between a lot of these different screens here. So uh, let's see. One, two, three. Space Guys. Space All Guys. Right. Did he really write Space Guys? He wrote Space Guys. I love it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Space Guys. And the first character on there is <laughs> Vader. So we have our first repeat. <laughs> Space Guys. So we have Vader, Captain Kirk, Captain Picard. Now my question is, who does he prefer, Captain Kirk or Captain Picard? Oh. Uh, if you... Uh, if you go by the uh, episode of um, of uh, Leela's Homeworld on uh, on Futurama, you have the two nerds arguing, and it's like you know Picard is way better because he at least had the courage to admit that he was bald. Uh, next up is Chewbacca. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. Yeah. Oh, I'm. And then uh, Worf, Michael Dorn from uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation. Great choices. Uh, I like those a lot. That's a good one. And I look forward to hearing from you seven more times. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you you might hear, you're going to hear Ian a few more times, but, uh, you know, we're some we're, pretty solid list so far. Yeah. Like I've only seen one, one double so far and it was Vader, unless I'm not keeping track, but I think we've only seen that one. Yeah. So let's go spin the wheel. Let's see what we got. Big monies, no whammies. And we have 
Ian's number eight pick. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys can't see the wheel, but like I thought I was about to say somebody else's name because it was so close. Uh, so these are his video games, his video game characters. Okay. Um, Solid Snake from the Metal Gear franchise. Simon Belmont from... Mm. I know that one. Castlevania. That's right. We did all those Castlevania things with the whole network. Vincent Valentine. I don't know who that is. Um, But if somebody else knows. uh, I know who Jill Valentine is. I know who Vincent Vega is. Maybe Maybe they're married. They had babies. Yeah. Uh, Batman from the Batman Arkham series. Good call. That was a really good Batman. That was a great Batman. And uh, Kratos from the God of War franchise. Another solid character. When we first started dating, you were playing that game a lot. Yeah, and I was like, look how bloody and violent this is. And you're like, that's great. And I was like, watch this. I'm going to rip this guy's fucking eyeball out. Yeah. (laughs) Because you have to do that to the Cyclopses. All right. Excellent. Good video game list there, there, Ian. All right. Let's move it along and see who we've got next. The thing I like about this app is that it removes names as you uh, go through. And it is Jordan from Amalgamania. Okay. And uh, Jordan sent in, uh, she originally sent in just, uh, so a lot of these, what I did was I, I copied and saved them into my phone uh, so I didn't have to like scroll through Facebook to find them because a lot of these were on a specific uh, thread in a couple of different groups. So Jordan was actually kind enough to send us hers in an email and then added an explanation of who these characters are because she felt some of them might be too obscure for the mainstream audience. And I said, you are right, uh, as far as I'm concerned, because I don't know who everybody is. So, Ashes, please go ahead and read that email. So she says, oh, Lord, narrowing down to five is going to be super hard, but I'll try and mix it up. So she doesn't give numbers, but she does give a slight order. So I'm just going to read as it goes. Lissandra from the Throne of Glass book series, Nightcrawler, Hawkgirl, Samwise Gamgee, I know that guy, and Duke Haven, or from Haven. So she says, Lissandra, as I mentioned, is from the Throne of Glass series, which is an amazing fantasy supernatural series in my opinion. Lissandra really becomes part of the series a few books in. Her and our main character have a sketchy history, both working intimately with the Assassin's Guild and the leader making the two girls constantly compete. They later make up and become friends and take out a mutual enemy together to buy her freedom. Yeah, girl power. Lysandra was was a homeless child who was bought and groomed to become a prostitute. Once magic was returned to the land, she regains her abilities as a shapeshifter also. There's a child, Evangeline, that she basically adopted while in prostitution. Evangeline would have suffered the same fate as her if Lysandra hadn't, with the girl's permission, scarred her face. Lysandra took several beatings and took on the girl's debts to save her. She can shapeshift into any number of people or animals, including a sea dragon. Oh, that's cool. Snow Leopard and Wyvern. And even with minimal training, is right in the thick of every battle, help on, helping and protecting her friends slash new family. She never gives up on the idea of finding real love and knowing that she's knowing what she's really worth. That's really cool. 
Nightcrawler, frankly, one of my big animated character crushes. I thought his teleporting abilities were amazing. In the animated series, they spent quite a bit of time dealing with Kurt wanting to find acceptance, and I really felt for him. I also came from a religious family, so it was nice to find a character who also exemplified that without being an awful slash judgmental character. Hot Girl, I always love the concept of their love story and finding each other over and over again in each lifetime. What can I say? I'm a hopeless romantic. There's nothing wrong with that. And she's hella powerful and smart. She makes the tough decisions even when the other Justice League members, including Batman, can't. Has beat Batman regularly at chess. Ability to use all those weapons. And the list goes on. Samwise, because let's face it, he is the best Lord of the Rings character and the real husband goals and hero in the series. Agreed! He was the only one we saw who came in contact with the ring and effectively resisted its pull. And, well, taters. Who doesn't need a good tater? I I agree wholeheartedly with that. I just think they're neat. Duke is from a series that was on sci-fi called Haven. It's based on a Stephen King short story, The Colorado Kid. He was my favorite from the beginning of this series. When Audrey comes to town, most everyone else is very standoffish and secretive because she's an outsider and he welcomed her with open arms, perhaps because he's a bit of an outsider too. He's a smuggler and dare I say modern day pirate, but has a heart of gold and makes several sacrifices in the series to help his friends and ultimately doesn't get the traditional happy ending at the series end you normally expect from main characters and it totally wrecked me. Side note, congratulations to you both for making it to 200. Love listening in to the show. You are all doing great work and love how much you share about small or local businesses and projects. Keep up the fabulous work. Love, Jordan. Thank you so much, sweetie. That was such a great list. Yeah, and thank you for explaining those because I didn't, I mean, I knew who, you know, Kurt Wagner was from, you know, Nightcrawler being from the X-Men. And I knew who um, Hawk Girl was, you know, only like I could recognize her, you know, but I didn't know much about her. But some of these other characters sound really cool. Like that Throne right? of Glass sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by that. So I might have to check that out. All right. Time to spin the wheel. Here we go. Spinning the wheel, doing some stuff, picking some names. Oh, yeah. Just hands. Wait, wait, wait. All just right. Hands. It's another email. This is from one of our oldest friends, uh, one of the uh, one of the fervent supporters of the show, uh, a gentleman who's going to be on uh, Shark Bite soon. Uh, it's Old Man Wade. Old Man Wade. Yeah, Old Man Wade sent in. Uh, he was one of the first people to send in an email. So you have to scroll down towards I'm the bottom. Oh, you know what? I'm so used to calling him Wade that you know how you you get so used to calling somebody by their nickname that you forget or you have like a momentarily like lapse on their real name. That's what happened. Like the scene in Futurama when they're like, you know, noted, you know, like they're talking about Taranga Leela and Fry's like Taranga. That's her name, Philip. And Bender's like, Philip? Because <laughs> he always calls him Fry. Okay, so he just kind of gets right into the meat of it. Good. He says, multiple man. I totally get him. The sometimes paralyzing fear of decision making when decision making when you can see all of the options. However, having the ability to make the right one in the clutch and never be scared when the chips are down. I love that about him. Deadpool. 
I'm not surprised. A self-deprecating goofball who's deeper and smarter than he lets on. It's become a strategic advantage. Love him so much I got him tattooed on my arm. Wolverine, the first comic book character I fell in love with. Another guy who's underestimated. He's been around the world and galaxy and learned along the way. And the way he cares is legendary. For example, look at Kitty Pride, Jubilee, and how he took Quentin Quire. Did I say that right? Mm. Quentin Quire? I don't know him. And made him a hero. I know who the other two are. You are going to like this next one. Nathan Drake. Oh, yes. My favorite video game character of all time. Bad motherfucking treasure hunter. Defeats the odds and manages to make jokes and saves lives along the way. Plus, he's voiced by Nolan North, which is always a plus. And his last one is Raphael of the Ninja Turtles, early 2000s cartoon. Oh, yeah. Green ball of anger who hides his love for people with cynicism and aggression. I can relate. His honorable mentions are Kratos, Mm -hmm. Dan Habiki. From uh, Street Fighter, I believe. Oh, okay. Norman Osborn and Jessica Jones. This became more of a therapy than a list. I'll send you both a check for the session. Hashtag damn it, Wade. Nice. <laughs> I will say uh, when it comes to Nathan Drake, uh, the Uncharted series was the reason uh, why when I had the opportunity to buy a, a next generation system, I went with uh, the PlayStation 4 over the Xbox One. Um, just because I, I love the Uncharted games. I have all of them for PlayStation 3. And I have all of them uh, on PlayStation 4. And if you are part of PlayStation Plus, they are all free this month. So it's totally worth it. So check those out. Do we want to give more of our own personal lists right now? Yeah, let's throw a few in. We've done about 10 so far. So um, I will go... Will you do two more? Yeah, I'll do two more. So I'll do uh, five and four for me. So for me... This is from your 10 honorable mentions, correct? Uh, it's the 10 leading up. To, this is... This is your 10 leading up to your five. No, I already did five leading up to my five. Because I have... I have. I can just... Uh, th- I'll just... All right, tell you. I'll just throw out I don't know what we're doing anymore. I need more wine. All right, I'll just throw out a bunch of characters who didn't make it into because my... Because I thought we were... Because I had 14 characters. Yeah, and I have... Uh, and I've only given four of them so far. So I'm at my top 10 right now. All right. I will give five that didn't make it into my list that people okay. might be surprised about. Uh, I talk about this all the time. Uh, and I'm just going to throw out a couple of video game characters because we're always talking about video game characters. Uh, that because we were just talking about Nathan Drake, uh, the sole survivor from Fallout 4, and um, Joel and Ellie from The Last of Us, in addition to Leon Kennedy, Chris Redfield, and Ada Wong from the Resident Evil franchise. Uh, those are some characters who did not make it into my top 10, but I really like, especially because Leon Kennedy is in my favorite Resident Evil game, Resident Evil 4. He is the main character. Um, Joel and Ellie from The Last of Us is just, that game is fucking amazing. Like, it came with my PlayStation, and I played through it. 
And then as soon as I was done, I restarted and played through again because I wanted to like complete it a hundred percent. It was just such a good fucking game. I really enjoyed it. And I'm really looking forward to the second one that comes out in May. And, uh, the soul survivor is the character that you play as in fallout four. That is your character. And I've played fallout four more than any other game with the exception of maybe Tetris in my life. I fucking love fallout four. Like I've beaten it. I've probably put about 1500 hours into it in the past four years. Cause I got it, uh, April 16th, 2000, uh, the kitty's jumping around. Or I got it in mid-April 2000. She, she can't figure out if she wants to, because you have that nice, cozy blanket on the back of your well, chair right now. she has a nice, cozy blanket that's right well, there. she has to have all of the cozy. Well, she's not gonna, because she's a cat and I'm a people. Yeah, you say that. Yeah, I do. That's not my cat. That's your cat. I can move your cat around. Um, so, yeah, I've I've put more hours into Fallout than probably anything else, and I'm still finding new things in that. So if you haven't played Fallout 4 and you are from Massachusetts, it takes place in Boston. I'm a huge fan. I love, love, love that game. I can play it for hours on end. Okay, so I'm giving you my five honorable mentions leading into my top five characters of all time. Okay. That's what I'm doing? Yes. Okay. Just just check in. Aye, aye, Captain. Uh, so this next character... I absolutely love, I love many different incarnations of this character, but a couple in particular. I'm talking about Catwoman. I knew that's what you were going to say. <laughs> but primarily the 1960s Adam West Catwoman. So Lee Merriweather, primarily Julie Newmar. I love her. She's so statuesque. And Eartha Kitt, as well as Michelle Pfeiffer's portrayal. Batman in Batman Returns. Returns. I don't know about you, Miss Kitty, but I feel so much yummier. Like, I love that so much. I think she does an amazing job. So, yeah. Primarily the 60s Catwoman, but also Michelle Pfeiffer. And just, you got a chance to meet Lee Merriweather I at did. an early Super Mega Fest, I think it was. Yeah. Um, the one it out was in Springfield. No, it was in. No? It was in. Oh, it was, yeah, it was the Marlboro. year. Yeah, it was the year that I met the Warriors the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, it was in Marlboro, Massachusetts. Uh, she's such a delightful woman. She embraces the fact that she was Catwoman, and she absolutely adores her fans. I had a great interaction with her. She signed a picture. She, I was wearing a fur coat, and she petted it and told me how gorgeous it was and how pretty I looked. And I could have. I, she was just delicious, and she smelled amazing. I remember that too. And that she picture. Smelled really good. That signed picture is hanging up in our living room right next to the Adam West Burt Ward autograph. Yes, which is next to the, it's not autographed, I wish it was, Julie Newmar picture. Yes. Uh, so who's your uh, number nine? So next on my list should come as absolutely no surprise, it's Me. Linda Belcher oh. from Bob's Burgers. That we did an episode on. We did do an episode on her, and I love her so much. It kind of broke my heart that I couldn't put her in my top five. But I feel it's like so I have hard. a yeah. This was a lot more difficult than I thought it was going to be. Trying to think of not only all of these characters that I love, but all of these characters that have had an impact on me personally. So Linda Belcher is is kind of new to the mix for me. I mean, I forget what season we are in of of Bob's Burgers. Ten or eleven. 
But, oh, really? That many? Yeah. It's been about that. Okay, never mind then. I'm, here I am thinking, what year? Where am I? What year yeah, is it? What am I doing? We didn't really get into it right when it first started. No, we this tried is true. We, we probably didn't get into it until maybe 2016. Yeah, it's been like three or four years. It's that we've been a kind bit. Been into uh, but it. she has become one of my favorite characters. I love her so much. Not only do we have a similar taste in wine. You also Drinking. like showers and bologna and turtles. Turtles. <laughs> what happened to the turtles? Uh, but she's just, she's bonkers. She's out there. But, and and she, she's not afraid to be herself. And she loves her husband. She loves her kids. She loves making people happy and doing what she loves. Yeah. Which is primarily drinking wine and being fabulous. Uh, next on my list. Well, yeah, I thought you were only going to do two. Two, do two for right now. Um, am I only doing two for right now? Yeah, just do two for right okay, now because we still I'm have a lot right of. We still okay. have like seventy-two okay. just from Ian. Okay, well, I, I did. There's two. Yeah, you're welcome. So let's pick our next contributor. Let's Speaking see of got. wine, oh, we need I'm wine. not drunk. I only had half of four bottles of wine. All right. So our next, <laughs> our next contestant. <laughs> No, it's not the price. Come on right. down. Is uh, a gentleman who uh, submitted his list. His name is Mike Keel. Uh, I am not familiar with this gentleman, but he is uh, a member of the Amalgamania group, and he oh fun, oh posted, we love that group. Posted his uh, his answers on there, and uh, he went a little different route as well. He went with some creators and some actors. Okay. So in no order, he picked uh, Bill Bixby, who played. Uh, the Bruce Banner version of the Hulk on the uh, Incredible Hulk in the 80s. Uh, Adam West, who was, of course, Batman in the 60s. Uh, Christopher Reeves, who played Superman Mm -hmm. in the Richard Donner. I don't know if he did all of them, but Richard Donner directed the first Superman. Um, Gene Roddenberry, who created what again? Do you remember? Star Trek. Star Trek, yes. And uh, Stan Lee, who... I if mean, you've seen a Marvel movie, Stan you are Lee familiar with Stan Lee. God at this point. So that's a great list. Uh, I like that a lot. I like the way that people yeah. kind of took, you know, different uh, approaches to it, like you were saying earlier. So instead of just listing characters, uh, you know, Roddenberry and Lee are responsible for so many, you know, iconic characters that have already been mentioned. So that's a that's a good call. Good job, Mike. Uh, next up. What do we have? Spinning the wheel, doing some stuff. We have... Picking some people. All right. We have our good buddy from Anthony T's Horror Show. Oh, fun. It's our buddy Anthony T, who uh, joined us on one of the Star Wars episodes. I wish I could remember which one. Um, but, uh, yeah, on Shark Bites. Yes. And we actually had the opportunity to join him on his show. Yes, and I forget. Which we, was oh, we talked about top characters and top movies. Uh, yeah, like uh, horror movies. top horror movies of last yeah. year. So that was a really fun show. Yeah, so uh, let's see what our buddy Anthony had to say. Hey, everyone. This is Anthony T. from Anthony T.'s Horror Show, which you can find on Doc Discussions Network. And here are my top five favorite characters of all time. Number five, Ash Williams from the Evil Dead series. I know I'll probably get a lot of flack 
for this being a horror guy, but he is not my favorite horror character of all time. I'll tell you more in a bit. Number four, Mr. Pink from Reservoir Dogs. I really love this character. Even though he's one of the thieves, it's just the charisma that Steve Buscemi plays that really made me drawn to the character and why I still to this day love that performance. Number three, Agent Dale Cooper, Twin Peaks. Probably the most oddest agent you would ever find, but I really love the character as it's different from other cops and really drives the series. Number two, Ray Cameron, Night of the Creeps. Jeremy! Sorry. Every time I (laughs) mention Night of the Creeps or Tom Atkins, that has to come out of my mouth. I love this character. My favorite horror character of all time. It's amazing the numerous quotes this character has that really solidifies this character as the greatest character in horror history because it's done in both a serious and funny way. Plus, who can't love Tom Atkins? I love the guy in anything he does. And my number one favorite character of all time, you could say it's a tie, but without them together, I don't think they would be as effective. I'm talking about Jay and Silent Bob. I love the fact that they always seem to be funny. It's why I'm a major fan of Kevin Smith's films, quite frankly. Everything Jay and Silent Bob has appeared in is gold. Look at the recent Jay and Silent Bob reboot for an example of how those characters always seem to stand out and always seem to be the highlights of most of Kevin Smith's films. That is my top five favorite characters of all time. Have a good day. Stay safe and support indie horror. Oh, great list. That was awesome. That I, I was not Such expecting a, a, uh, uh, a Tom Atkins character, although I suppose I should have considering, uh, you know, how big a fan of horror, you know, Anthony is. You know, and I love that he added Dale Cooper to his list because you know who played Dale Cooper? Kyle McLaughlin, who was on Sex in the City. Mm-hmm. See what I did there? Yes, I so remember. Callback from, he was yeah. uh, uh, somebody McDougal. Trey McDougal. Trey, I remember his mom's name is Bunny. Bunny McDougal. Yeah. We don't like her. Yeah, she's kind she's of. She's a... the worst. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much, Anthony. That was such a good, like, you guys are killing it with these lists. Yeah, I've I've also been trying to um keep a uh keep a, a a running tally of like how many times we have um some overlap with some of the characters. I want to see who gets mentioned the most. And one of the characters he mentioned, obviously Ash is going to be mentioned a bunch of times, I'm sure, but one of the other characters that he mentioned I know gets mentioned by one other person for a fact. And I am a huge fan of this person, so I'm very, uh, I'm very interested to uh, to be able to be like, oh, like we got some overlap with these two. 
uh, with this one character. So, like, that's pretty great because they are both huge horror aficionados. So, let's move it along and see who's next. Big wheel, keep on turning, picking out names and something that rhymes with turning. (laughs) All right, it is our good buddy Crumb. From Casual Sex with Crumb. And uh, he has a voicemail that he sent in to us. I just have to get to it because uh, Crumb is an awesome dude. Um, He is uh, not only one of the most, uh, one of the staunchest advocates for, um, you know, helping sex work become safer. Like, that's what his whole show is about. Uh, He's just, he's a great person, uh, just in general. So let's see what Crumb has to say for us. Patsy Ashes, it's your favorite retired podcaster. Retired. First of all, I want to say to you and the entire Throwdown Thursday fandom, congratulations on 200 episodes. You don't look a day over 199. I really mean that. Keep it up. I understand that you're looking for some characters. Basically, our top five characters of all time. So I'm going to take you on a little bit of a journey through myself. My first favorite character is Fozzie Bear. Believe it or not, when I was a kid, I used to sit down at the TV and attempt to wiggle my ears in the waka 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 fashion that he did, and it actually paid off. It's not a marketable skill at all. I only use it to entertain small children until they run away from me, but it is something that I am incredibly proud of, and he was very, very instrumental in my formative years. Moving on, I've got probably what I feel is the greatest movie redemption arc in all of the 80s, and that's Inigo Montoya. Oh, I know, I know. There's a lot to choose from, but hear me out. Nobody took one line and delivered it with such force and conviction. He started out a heel, he became a face, and you were really rooting for him by the time that third act came around. And I just, I have to give it to Mandy Patinkin. His comedic delivery uh, really spoke to me back in that day. So Inigo would be my number two. Now we're going to skip over a bunch of years because who cares about teenage years. We're going to go with my favorite comic book character of all time. And it's not who you're thinking. This is Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Yes! He had a very limited run. I think it was about two or three years. It's done by Yonan Vasquez uh, from the now defunct Slave Labor Graphics comic imprint. And if you don't know, you should know. Check it out. It's hilarious. It's also incredibly dark and disturbing, if you couldn't get it, by Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. But that notwithstanding, the artwork is outstanding. The stories are very poignant for their time. They were written in the late 90s, I believe, maybe early 2000s. So there was a lot of escapism, but also a lot of poignant social commentary at the time. Check it out if you can find the reissues. Apparently, they're coming out with a new movie, which is really weird because the creator's not on board with that. But whatever, that's uh, politics. Don't worry about it. Now we come to arguably, I was throwing back and forth two of my favorite movie characters. One could definitely be considered a comic book character because that's where he started. But I will go with the Crow here, Eric Draven, the Crow. However you want to, however you want to describe him. I didn't get into the comic until much after the movie came out. I actually had no idea. And I found out it was based on a comic. And then of course I became obsessed, but I think there is not a better 
vigilante character and yeah i'm saying that to a whole bunch of batman fanboys out there i don't think there's a better vigilante character than the crow the initial crow and believe it or not the fourth crow was actually a lot of fun really out there but a lot of fun but i'm going with the original eric draven brandon lee the crow and lastly and not leastly and most recently john kramer the jigsaw killer i fell in love with saw when it debuted in 2004 And I really got to thinking that, holy shit, this guy is right in a lot of ways. That may explain a few things about me, but there was a morality that was on display. And that first movie, especially for all of its plot holes and missing devices and whatever, it told a wonderful story. In my eyes, a wonderful horror story. I challenge anyone to come up with a better twist ending. I really do. And John Kramer's arc over the two movies that he's alive and then the other 7,000 movies where he's dead but still alive, okay, a little convoluted, but I still believe he is one of the best horror hero villains in modern times. I really do. So that's my botched attempt at commentary on characters I know very little about. Once again, congratulations on 200 episodes. I cannot wait for 200 more. That's a challenge, by the way. And I wish you nothing but continued success and many, many more subscribers. So thank you very much for having me. And again, congratulations on 200. Oh, thank you, dude. That was so, Yeah, so great. first of all, challenge accepted. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, um, first of all, Crumb has, like, one of the sexiest voices out there. You know, can you just... I'm, I'm really sad that he's no longer doing his podcast anymore, but I understand. You know, all good things have to come to an end eventually. But I want him to put out a bunch of recordings of him just just reading reading anything you can read the dictionary please put me to sleep at night jd your voice is so soothing i just it's it's like a nice glass of wine for me i listen to you and i just i just fall into this nice like happy place Kind of like after you've had one or two glasses of wine and you just feel really mellow and just so nice and everything is perfect. Like, that's what his voice does to me. I mm-hmm. love it so much. His so, voice is like a hammock. His voice, yes. <laughs> your, your voice is like a hammock. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so relaxing. On the beach. A hammock on the beach. Between two palm trees. And a little glass of something with an umbrella in and it. Little, and drinks with little straw hats. <laughs> but I, I love your list. I love the eclecticness of that list. Now, I have to agree with Fozzie. And surprisingly, I don't One have any... One does not walk a waka into Mordor. <laughs> I don't have any Muppets on my list. I and I'm have one so... Surprised by that because the Muppets are Fozzie Bear and the Fraggles are pretty much my childhood for the most part, you know, with some other things. But I completely wholeheartedly agree. And I have such a lady boner for the Saw series. I love those films so much. I want to put it out there that, you know, and I, I should start doing this as we're going through, like, because I have so many, like, characters that somebody else picked that I didn't make it into my top 
John Kramer was in there. John Kramer was just outside. He was like number 15 or so. I thought about it. I actually don't have any horror people on my list I either. I also said Samwise like, Gamgee and Ash Williams. Because I feel like that's a, that's a whole different monster. I love horror films so much. And for me, to, I could do a whole top 10 list of just horror characters. Yeah, um, I have. Wait, it's, it's, I have it's some ridiculous. horror characters. I mean, if you want to count Alien as a horror film, because it could be horror or sci-fi, it's it's a, an amalgamation of both. And I mean, I have, uh, you know, so you can count Ellen Ripley, but I have a couple of other characters. Like I said, I'm going to start knocking some of these off as people say them. Um, so you know, I, I uh, Anthony. Sorry, I'm like losing. I'm looking at all these things. I have like five. I have my phone hooked up to my mixer. I have my laptop. ADD moment. I have the notebook that I'm taking notes in. I have the notebook that already has notes in it. Like I've got all this shit in front of me. Um, Not uh, to mention, both cats are in the room right now. So it's just we're just we're really having a party right now. So Anthony mentioned Ash Williams. I I had him on my list. Uh, I figured he was going to be very common, so I decided not to put him. Like he's a great character, but (sighs) I decided to take him off the list. Names Ash. Housewares. Uh, John Kramer, again, was on my list as well. And I did have Samwise Gamgee, and Jordan mentioned that. So, all right, let's... uh, Spin the wheel. Spin the wheel and move on to the next person. People are awesome. This doesn't tell me how many we have left either. It doesn't do stuff? Oh, it's like right on the line. Who's it land on? Ian again. It had been a while since we heard from from Ian Wallace, so let's, uh, so this is number six. All right, so six, so we have one, two, three, four, five, six. Did we, apparently we already did this. Oh, I think I may have uh, miscounted. I think he only has, he only has seven. One, (gasps) two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One, two. (laughs) <laughs> Three, four, five, six, seven. There's only seven. So I'm going to have to, uh, we already did that one. That explains that. All right. So I put too many in for Ian. So we'll spin again. We'll probably land on Ian anyways because he's got like four or five in there. We can ask Zombie what her favorite characters are. Hers is food. So and we have, we have fellow Dorkening Podcast Network member, uh, Angel from the, that, strange uh, that Strange Show. show. I was going to say the, the That Strange Show. The That Strange Show, yeah. yeah that doesn't sound Which clunky is... at all. <laughs> so he sent us an email. Uh, Ash, go away. So he says... Take it away. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ash, go away. I'm like... Okay, bye. Go f- I was... <laughs> I'm taking my wine and going home to... <laughs> Already there. I, I was can't trying have to say, rent. take I it away you. and go for it. <laughs> go away. <laughs> no, uh, I know how you really feel about spending quarantine with me. Uh, what movie do you want to watch? Get out! <laughs> <laughs> what happened to quarantine? Uh, yeah. All right. So, <laughs> so, anyways, what did Angel say? Angel from That Strange Show says, Hey guys, congrats on 200. Here's my little list in no particular order. Just five characters I like and connect to in some facet. Alex DeLarge, Alex Burgess, A Clockwork Orange. Oh. Yeah, we already had one of those. That's good. That's, uh, yeah, yeah. M- uh, Mike Neal. 
the main man, Lobo, DC Oh, Comics. good call. Detective Robert Gorin, Law and Order, Criminal Intent. Eric Draven, The Crow. And William S. Burroughs, a real-life character. Here's to 200 plus many more. Thank you. That name sounds familiar. I would have to look that up, but I think I know who that is. I think he was... Um, I don't want to say anything. I, I want to I want to look it up um, while we're... If we get oh, another voicemail. I... All right. Well, have Google. Well, let me. I'm going to move on to the next. Right now. I'll move on to the next one, so we don't have any like empty space of us. So he is a writer, searching. William S. Burroughs, American writer. William Seward Burroughs II, he is an American writer and visual artist. Burroughs was a primary figure of the Beat Generation and a major postmodernist author whose influence is considered to have affected a wide range of popular culture as well as literature. Okay, so what did you do? I thought he was... Um, I was thinking of someone else. So... He wrote 18 novels and novellas, six collections of short stories, and four collections of essays. Five books have been published of his interviews and correspondences. He also collaborated on projects and recordings with numerous performers and musicians and made many appearances in film. He was also briefly known by the pen name William Lee. Burroughs created and exhibited thousands of paintings and other visual artworks, including his celebrated gunshot paintings. So let's. Oh, see. okay, I know. He those. went to Harvard. Notable oh. works includes Junkie from 1953, Naked Lunch from 1959, the Nova Trilogy from 1961 to 1964, Cities of the Red Knight 1981, The Place of the Dead, The Place of Dead Roads 1983. Cool. So he seems like I feel like Burroughs killed his second wife Joan Vollmer in 1951 in Mexico City. Burroughs initially claimed that he shot Vollmer while drunkenly attempting a William Tell stunt. Oh, I need to learn more about this guy. Ooh. So he's try, probably trying to shoot an apple off her head and accidentally shot her 40 times. Well, while you were looking that up, I spun the wheel again that you yes. heard. And we got Ian Wallace number one. So okay. that one is definitely on there. <laughs> so um, this is his Marvel character list. So he has Daredevil, which quality, not the Ben Affleck one. Maybe Charlie Cox, maybe the comic book one, but definitely not Ben Affleck. Uh, Black Panther. Mm. He joined us for the Black Panther episode. He did. He actually drove up from Maryland to come to Castle Wolfenstein. Which I'm still, like, I, I still can't get over that. That was amazing. Uh, Doctor Doom. Great fucking character. Has never been given his due and portrayed well in the uh, in the movies. I would love to see Christoph Waltz play him because that would be fucking I would amazing. Lo- That's a bingo. Yeah. That's a callback. <laughs> Uh, Magneto, and I'm guessing not the movie version, certainly the, uh, the comic book version, because he's fucking awesome. The Juggernaut. I love the Juggernaut. Not a huge fan of Vinnie Jones portraying him, even though I love Vinnie Jones in, like, Snatch and Lock, Stock and Two, sh- two Smoking Barrels. Um, but, yeah, not, not the best, uh, 
depiction in in movies. All right, so let's we're starting to dwindle down. Looks like we only have about two hundred left. Oh, good. Who you guys is are the next? best, by the way. Have I mentioned that this evening? Ooh, you guys are amazing. Up next, our good friend and good friend of the show. You know him as Captain Streeper from Megalodon and Gecko in The Mandalorian. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Dominic Pace. And I already listened to this. This is a great fucking list. So without further ado, here we go. Hello to the Throwdown Thursday podcast. This is Dominic Pace. Congratulations to all of you on your 200th episode. Uh, top five movie characters of all time. One would be Harrison Ford as Han Solo. Uh, two would be Daniel Day-Lewis in There Will Be Blood. Three would be Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Terminator. Four would be Linda Hamilton, Terminator 2. And five, Sigourney Weaver in Aliens. Uh, all the best to you guys. Hope everybody's staying safe. And may the force be with you. So... Thank you so much, Dominic. And also with you. Yes, and also with you. Um, I am a huge fan of that list. I actually had, uh, because this is another the thing I'm doing, uh, I had the T-800 from Terminator 2, Terminator, Terminator 2, Dark Fate, and Genesis. I love how he put Sarah Connor on his list because... And Ellen Ripley. She is phenomenal. Such well, I a like... Great character. I like how he, he made sure he told us which one was which. Right. Terminator 2 Sarah Connor was way better than Terminator 1 Sarah Connor. Although she did Correct. get the great one-liner, you're terminated, fucker, and then crushed him with a fucking hydraulic press. That was pretty great. But yeah, Sarah Connor Terminator 2 was a fucking badass. Again, another character I'm surprised. I know we've done Terminator, but I'm surprised we haven't covered Sarah Connor yet. And at the time, Mrs. James Cameron. Well... Yes, we all make mistakes. But uh, yeah, I just rewatched all six Terminators. Yeah, six. I did love Linda Hamilton in the most recent one, Dark Fate. Yes, yeah, I I really thought good. she was phenomenal in that. I would love to see more of of that. I did like the fact that he he because he has to. You know, it's almost like a requirement picking a. Uh, Star Wars character. Yeah, but Han Solo is such a great character. I'm surprised we haven't heard Han Solo I mean, yet. From any, I don't I have him on my list. So many quotable lines have, we have come Chewie. from Han Solo. We do have Chewie, and obviously we have Vader. We have, but we didn't have a, a Solo yet. But um, uh, uh, so many quotable lines from Han Solo. You know, uh, one of Harrison Ford's uh, best characters i think i still think uh and i stand by this that indiana jones is harrison ford's carbonite fantasy well he's frozen in carbonite because they go to club obi-wan and they see uh r2 and 3po in the uh hieroglyphics in the uh in the well of souls so all right let's see who is next and after this we'll uh, do another couple do of, some our more characters. of our characters Ooh. so let's see who is next Next is, ooh, we have not heard from her yet, but she is one of the first people to uh, to, to um, contribute to us. And that is, of course, Madam President tearing up the dance floor, Taryn Barber from Amalgamania. She was also on, uh, uh, was it the... The Infinity War. Yes. Thanos, the hands of fate. With Ian... And with uh, 
Santino. So, and Parasite Steve and Dynamo Mars and Agent Nicole and Coop and Grandizer Funk. Yes, that was a packed house that night. That was Johnny a lot Wolfenstein. of fun. It was 12 people. Yeah, it was a long-ass episode. So, so much fun. Madam President says, congratulations. My top five are Geralt of Rivia, Magneto. The There's another Magneto. Rorschach. Good, good pick. Rorschach from uh, Watchmen. Uh, Aquaman from uh, Aquaman. He was in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Commander Irwin. Commander Irwin is a character from Attack on Titan, I believe. Um, that's a really good show that I need to finish watching. I only watched a, a few episodes of the first season, and it was, it was fucking bonkers. I loved it. It was so cool, so violent. I mean, it's an anime, so like... So there's this drag queen. Her name is Abora. She was on season two of Dragula. Pretty sure it was season two. She got into the top, but didn't quite. She didn't win the crown. She didn't make it. Uh, but anyways, not too long ago. I mean, I say not too long ago. It was probably about a year ago at this point. She did a an Attack on Titan performance for Ooh. one of the clubs she was in. She was wearing a full nude bodysuit and she had her like her hair done and makeup and everything, but she had like the fake smile that the Titans have. Yeah. It was so, so creepy. creepy. And then she had this entire little village. I forget what song she was performing to, but she had this entire village set up made out of like shoeboxes and whatnot. And she was destroying the village and going out into the crowd during the performance. But the entire time, she just had this crazy look on her face, you know, with the with the with the fake teeth. And well, that's smile. how the Titans look. They always have that look on their face. Yeah, but it, it was just incredible the way she did her makeup, the prosthetics she was wearing. You know, like I said, the full nude bodysuit. I don't know much about Attack on Titan, but because of that performance, I want to know more apparently they eat people mm-hmm. because she was like picking up these little people that she had made to fit in these little shoebox villages and stuff and yeah she was just just going to town destroying everything trying to eat the people and stuff it was she, she was so creepy looking it was brilliant i loved it yeah it's it's good stuff like that that show is brutal it's just Oh, it, I, I can't even describe it. So it's an it. anime. Yes. And I, I think it was on Netflix. I don't know if it still is. Because, um, I mean, Homegirl got time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I ain't doing nothing else on the weekends. So uh, maybe I'll have to check that out. Are you seeing as Castlevania kind of got me into, like, anime is really not my thing. But watching Castlevania, I, I'm kind of intrigued. I kind of want to watch more. I'm, I'm very, you know, and we've seen some of the Ghost in the Shell because we did those, those major, episodes. Yep. Uh, and, and I thought that was pretty well done too. So I'm kind of intrigued. I kind of want to know more. I also want to check out Ruby. So if you know what Ruby is, and if you are a fan, let me know because I, I think it's on Netflix. And I see bits and pieces, like little excerpts from it, and it seems interesting. And I saw the Funko Pops, and I think that whole concept is cool. And I'm a huge fan of Little Red Riding Hood, and I have this weird obsession with Little Red Riding Hood. We're not getting into that today. But anyways, um, 
yeah, so if you watch Ruby, if you can tell me a little bit about it or recommend it or whatnot, like let me let me know. Yeah, yeah. Um I I don't know a whole lot about it. I just know like the opening is is vicious. Um and like the opening episode and it's it's so fucking good. Um so all right, so let's spin the wheel. Spinning the wheel, doing some stuff. There's a cat in the room, and she's awesome. Yeah, just is. All right, and it's our second from Dark Discussions. This is uh, Phil from the Dark Discussions podcast and uh, on the Dark Discussions network. And uh, he sent us in an email. So Ash says, what do you got? So he says, here is my top five characters of all time. Number five is Wonder Woman. No intro needed. Understandable. Number four is my girl, Cersei Lannister. Mm -hmm. No intro needed, but her ability to outwit her enemies, turn vengeance into a form of violent justice, and her power grab were all some of the most entertaining aspects over the run of Game of Thrones. Um, hello, completely agree with you about that. Number three is Indiana Jones. No intro needed. Understandable. Number two is Roger Thornhill. The main character of the film North by Northwest is a wealthy New York businessman and advertisement executive that has his identity mistaken for a spy. After Soviet operatives begin to hunt him down and various victims fall by their hands, Roger is soon wanted by the U.S. law enforcement for those murders. Charging across the country, using both wit and luck, he is able to outsmart trained agents and spies. He not only is able to clear his name, but he is able to help the Western nations from losing top-secret documents to the Eastern Bloc. It's a really good movie. Yeah. And number one is Anton Chigurh. Anton Chigurh. Yes. Great. No movie. Country for Old Men. Movie and novel. I didn't realize that was a book. Yeah, it's, uh, I believe it's Cormac McCarthy, who also wrote The Road. Um, I haven't read the book, but Anton Chigurh is a great fucking character. So he says... And 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 ah, excuse me, an individual that has no history. His origins are unknown, but many think he is of Eastern European ancestry. He is the definition of a fixer, bounty hunter, and hitman, working for white collar professionals and those in power to circumvent the law. He cleans up the messes and eliminates the problems that prevent their machinations. But because of his self-described anonymity, his patrons sometimes become his victims. Well-known by fellow fixers, most think he is the pure definition of a psychopath. He has no conscience or care for fellow human beings. Most consider him insane, but he has a set rule base that makes him follow an abnormal moral code that keeps him somewhat in check while adhering to a strong case of OCD. Yes. That was uh, Javier Bardem? Yep. Yes. Oh. Yeah, he was so good. Oh, that he was definitely my takeaway from that film. Yeah, he was excellent. All right. Uh, 
Why don't you give your next two up? My next two. Because we want or three to get into your top five. Three to get into my top five. So my next character, again, should come as no surprise. She is one of my all-time favorite characters from my childhood. She is the reason why I dye my hair pink. She is truly, truly, truly outrageous. It is Jem. Oh, I was going to guess Pizzazz. <laughs> no, even though the misfits think their songs are better, we all know that Jem and the holograms are the best. So, Jem in particular, I mean, we all know that Jem is a hologram of Jerrica Benson, but I feel that Jerrica is feeling herself more as Jem, and I've just, I've always loved her costumes, her personality, her stage presence. I I just, I love Jem. I love, who doesn't love Jem? Well, we did have uh, Samantha Newark on the show for Showtime Synergy. Yeah, so we had her, uh, we did a whole episode on Jem, had Samantha Newark join us, had the opportunity to, to interview her in studio, but we also had the opportunity to meet her on a couple of different occasions. A couple different cons, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was like WonderCon, and she did the karaoke the first time. That was, uh, it, yeah, it was one convention in the area where she was hosting a pre-convention karaoke night. Now, we didn't have the opportunity to go to that convention, but we did go to the karaoke night. And this was before we had even started this podcast. Yes. She uh, came up to me and told me that she, like... Thought I was pretty and loved my hair and everything. And, and she, you were wearing your earrings. I was wearing my gem earrings. I was dressed as like this punk rock gem. So, you know, everyday streetwear for me. And she agreed to be on the podcast. We hadn't started the show yet. Yeah. You were like, hey, we're starting this podcast and we'd love to have you on. And it was a lot of back and forth because she is a very busy woman, which, I mean, mm-hmm. good for her. Uh, but we were able to get her onto the show. And then we had the opportunity to interview her a couple more times at Rhode Island. Rhode Island and was both times Rhode both Island? Both times were Rhode Island, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and she's so, Samantha Newark is so wonderful. I know they say never meet your heroes. And I'm not saying that Samantha Newark is a hero of mine, but Jem is definitely a staple of my childhood. And, you know, it, it could have gone downhill, but it didn't. She is such a wonderful person. She just fully embraces the fact that she voiced Jem and Jerrica and, you know, loves the fans so much. And that just makes you love it even more. You know, I remember, uh, and this is something that I still do, you know, watching the TV show and, you know, just singing along to the songs with my my microphone hairbrush. You know, when you use your, your hairbrush as a microphone, I used to do that as a child. I still do that as an adult. And I just, I, I just love this character so much. And- um. I do want to uh, extend from us to her and her family. She just lost her father uh, oh within the goodness. last week. So we would like to extend our deepest condolences to the Newark family. You know, um, like I say to everyone, you know, our thoughts are with you. Um, you know, we're very sorry for your loss and, you know, much love to you and your family. So my number. Sorry, I didn't mean seven. to bum you wow, out. Wow. Thank you for that. Uh, my number seven character, again, should come as no surprise. We actually did an episode on this character. This character is 65, 
years old at this point. It is Barbie. I love Barbie. I just bought a Barbie the other day. I ordered the 80, no, it came out in 1989. I had her as a child. Uh, the 50th anniversary Ice Capades Barbie that came out in 1989. It's pretty rad. It's amazing. So I had her and I loved her. And like a lot of older siblings, I was forced to bestow upon my younger sibling my toys when my parents felt I was, quote, too old for them. So my younger sister, who's six and a half years younger than I am, I used to keep my Barbies pristine. Everyone was closed. Everyone had accessories. Everyone's hair was perfect. Everything was kept. Perfection. My sister, everyone's naked, mostly everyone's headless. Uh, People's hairs have been colored with marker. She took scissors to some people's hairs. Like, it's awful. She just completely destroyed the majority of my everything. Yeah, the majority of my Barbie collection. So thank you, Shelby. Uh, So what I'm trying to do now is thanks to eBay and other sellers, kind of seek out some of my favorites that I remember having as a kid and buying them. So Ice Capades Barbie was one of them because I used to go to the Ice Capades when I was younger. This is like the pre- version of Disney on ice before I remember seeing the Simpsons on ice. Nice. The Simpsons they were they were part of the ice capades. I believe it was in nineteen ninety. That would have been the second year. It's either eighty nine or ninety. But anyways, yeah, so I remember seeing these people dressed in big Simpsons characters costumes on the ice. Uh, but yeah, so I used to love the ice capades and obviously I love Barbie. So I bought her, but yeah, Barbie, I still collect her to this day. I still have some of my collector's collection from when I was a child. Some of them are out of the box that I hope to display someday in a very nice display case. Some of them are still in the box. Now I usually buy Barbies and keep them in the box to kind of keep them until I have the appropriate place to display them and whatnot. But I love Barbie so much. And I kind of I kind of like the direction that they're taking Barbie into. They're trying to make her a little more inclusive, a little more body positive, a little more, you know, for every girl and for every body. Uh, so, but I mean, my favorite, my favorites are the ones that I had growing up. So, you know, late oh, 80s, early 90s. You know, there's something about a blue-eyed, blonde hair, skinny doll that just that just does it for me. All right. Do you have one more or is that your three? That's a, oh, I'm doing three. Yeah, to go um, to the top I'm five. I'm doing three. Okay. So my sixth character, oh, she is vastly quickly becoming one of my favorite, like favorite, favorite characters. This show is becoming one of my favorite shows. I can't get enough of this show. I'm holding off watching the final season of the show because it's over. And that just solidifies the fact that it's over. Uh, I'm talking about Catherine O'Hara mm-hmm. as Moira Rose from Schitt's Creek. I love Moira so much. I mean, this the entire Shit fa- uh, um, Rose family in Schitt's Creek is shit family. Well, I mean, there is a shit family. Mm-hmm. And uh Daniel Stern is Mr. Shit. Nice. Is it Daniel Stern? Am I Chris Elliott? 
Chris Elliott. Yes. Well, I, I, don't like, know why, I didn't know Daniel Stern was I don't know why I that. get those two mixed up. And I haven't watched the show. I don't know why I get those two mixed up. It's Chris Elliott. Either. Chris Elliott is the patriarch of the shit family. But anyways, um, there's just something about Moira that I love so much. I identify with her. I, I, She's just, a very Catherine O'Hara character. But I mean, like Catherine O'Hara does such an amazing job bringing this character to life. And I can't envision anybody else doing this character. She just does such a good job with it. And I love this show so much. And the entire cast of this show is so brilliant. You know, Eugene Levy and his son, Dan, who writes it. You know, and, and and produces it and directs some of the episodes. And Annie Murphy as Alexis, you know, hide your diamonds, hide your exes. I'm a little bit Alexis. I just love this show so much. And there aren't any small parts to this show. Like, everyone is so vital to the greatness that is Shit's Creek. But there's just something about... Kath, the great Catherine O'Hara, who's probably one of my all-time favorite actors at this point, you know, playing Moira Rose. Like, she's just bonkers. And some of the stuff that she says just, I mean, she's she's wine drunk most of the time or on something. And she's just, she's a character of multiple characters. Mm. You know, she has this thing about her she's so put together but she's so everywhere and she's so simple but she's so dramatic and I just ah oh, I, I I just I, I love her so much and she has so many quotable lines that uh, Patrick doesn't know because he won't watch Shit's Creek I tried watching watch it. Shit's I Creek wasn't... you disgruntled pelican I wasn't overly into it. I watched a handful of You just have to fold in the cheese. Yeah, all right. On the enchiladas. I'm going to talk about a couple of the characters. Talk about the baby. That uh, did not make it into my list that people might be surprised about. Uh, Hannibal Lecter did not make it into my top. He didn't make it into my top five or my number one. Um, You did not want his Chianti? I mean, he's a great character. And fava beans? I preferred the book character and you know, the, the movie character and the TV character are great, but I think I prefer the book character because he's, like, much more sadistic and vicious. Uh, I don't have any uh, Star Wars characters. Um, what? So I had on my list Obi-Wan and Gecko. Gecko because Dominic's such a great guy, and he's been so cool with us. Um, and Obi-Wan because he's just my favorite Jedi. Um, Tetsuo Shima from... Uh, Akira, not on my list. The Joker did not make it into my top, uh, my really? top list. Um, not even Mark Hamill's Joker. Nope. Uh, he Man slash Prince you? Adam did not make it into my top. Uh, Pennywise, Tim Curry's version. Uh, nope. Uh, Vegeta from Dragon Ball, who is my favorite character on that show, but he did not make it in. Neither did Dark Helmet or Victor Frankenstein from Spaceballs and Young Frankenstein. Oh, my God. I know. Uh, Bub from Day of the Dead didn't make it in. Swan from the Warriors did not make it in. What? Peter Venkman did not make it in. John Wick. Benjamin Linus from Lost. Uh, David Freeman and Max from Flight of the Navigator didn't make it in. Um, Agador Spartacus didn't make it in. 
Louis Winthorpe, Billy Ray Valentine. Okay, uh, I don't Julia, know who you are and anymore. Coleman didn't make it in. Um, no, no, looking good, Billy Ray. Feeling, feeling good, good Louis. No. Uh, what? Majama didn't make it in. Wow. I know it's weird, but so that I just and you would like you would hardcore have a slumber party with Majama. Oh, I, it would be Majama in pajamas. It Majama. absolutely would. That would Majama happen. Majama in pajamas. We, we would all go to Mateo's house and we'd have s'mores and watch scary movies and stay up all night. <laughs> Majama in pajamas. Yeah. They're watching bad CGI sharks. I don't know if you saw the picture that Jason but Ellsworth posted uh, today jamma, of his dad. Pajamas, they all have deadly farts. He's like, "Oh, <laughs> look at my look at my dad rocking his you know bad CGI sharks neck gaiter and his bad CGI shark shirt and his bad CGI sharks prosthetic leg. Amazing! They are just merchandising everything. Merchandise where the real money from the film is made. All right, let's move it on because we're already at an hour and a half and we still have like twenty people left. Spinning the wheel, doing some stuff. Who do we have? Who do we have? have Who cat. do we have? We have. Oh, all right. It's another voicemail from our good buddy JB from Tales from the Podcast. Oh, fun. So uh, let's see. That's what a great show. It is. And we were on that. We did an episode once. And I forget if he was on. I think he was on Shark Bites once. I don't know. We need to have him on to do a Crypt, Crypt Keeper, Keeper episode. episode. Not on my list, by the way. But I bet it's on his. Uh, maybe. Let's find out. Hey there, Patsy and Ashes. This is your buddy JB. Calling in to congratulate you guys on your 200th episode. What an amazing accomplishment. It is so hard to do this. I just... Uh, bi-weekly process at least like the way I do it but for you guys to do it every single week that's that's a lot of work man and it's extremely impressive so uh congratulations to both of you and um well Patsy you wanted to know my top five characters and um well my top five are also some suggestions maybe because I would love just hear you guys actually uh, go through some of these. Yeah, I told you. But um, first off, I got Adam Warlock. Oh, great. Um, who doesn't want to know more about Adam Warlock? Oh, Let's be honest. Then we got the Crypt Keeper. Yep. Um, self-explanatory, if you uh, know my show. Um, then we got Darth Revan. Oh! It would just be so fucking cool to hear you guys go on and on and on. About Darth Revan. He's been pushing that for a while. And then we got Wukong, or the Monkey King. He's just been something I've been obsessed with for years. And then my last one is a suggestion, mostly because I would really love to just hear what you guys could do with this character. But Al Bundy. I think it would be hilarious Ooh. to see you guys break him down. So, anyways, I want to congratulate you guys again on your 200th episode. Which that still just amazes me. Great job to both of you. I love the show, and I'm gonna keep listening. So, you guys have a good night, and I'll talk to you later. Well, thank you, JB. Uh, thank you. I yes. know he's he's been. We've talked a few times about like who he'd like to hear us talk about, and he has brought up the Monkey King. He has brought up Adam Warlock, and he has brought up um, 
um, the Crypt Keeper a few times. So we're going to have to make it happen in the next couple months. I mean, we've got time. Yeah. We can make it happen. So and let's do I it. Have, I have the Infinity Gauntlet comic that you can read, like the big graphic novel omnibus, and you can kind of get a little feel for who Adam Warlock is. So, because uh, I know who he is, and I think he's fucking awesome. So, all right. Let's head back over to the wheel and see who is next. Oh, look who it is. I mean, you guys can't. I mean, I can't see it. You can't because I have the, the way I have it set up. No, this next one, this next list is from, uh, if you want to call him uh, the Dorkening Daddy, it's uh, Leo from it's the Dorkening. Dorkening. Papa Dork. <laughs> oh, that sounds way worse. <laughs> Papa Dork. <laughs> but he just gave me a quick a quick list. Uh, they're not in any order. Uh, and he's got Luke Skywalker, who no one has mentioned yet. Walter White from Breaking Bad, who no one has mentioned yet. Uh, Picard. So Picard has been mentioned. That was by Ian, because he mentioned just about every character that's ever existed so far. (laughs) Uh, Matt Hooper from Jaws. Good call. I don't have any human characters from Jaws. You don't have Quint on your list? I don't. And uh, Popeye. I'm wondering if it's the cartoon version, the comic version, or Robin Williams, uh, because that is a great version of Popeye, and he was so good in that. All right, let's see who's next. We still have three from Ian Wallace. So <laughs> Wait, given your old math or current math? Current math. Okay. And bam, it's another email. It is... Our good buddy, who is also on the Dorkening Network, Stephen from Super Retro Throwback Reviews, Volume 2, The Audio Files, New and Improved, Extra Crispy. Uh... Oh, no, that's, a, that's not an email. It's not an email. Sorry. I have everything written down. I have something else. This was a, uh, a DM that he sent me oh, earlier he, today. He slid into your DMs. He slid all five into my DMs. So. Wow. Yeah. Good day. So let me get into that. Where is Steven? Because I got a lot of DMs today with uh, various folks contributing. All right. And here we go. And this is what Oh, we have our first character who has been named three times. So number five is a video game character. And no one has mentioned this yet. He is your favorite Italian plumber. He is Mario it's from a Super me, Mario Brothers. Mario. He is Indiana Jones, who is mm. only the second time he's been named, um, which is kind of kind of a surprise. Ellen Ripley. So this is the third time that Ripley has been mentioned. Solid choice, though. Uh, John McClane from Die Hard. Ooh, John McClane. And Dash Rendar from Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. I am not overly familiar with Dash Rendar, to be completely honest. Um, he sounds like a cool character. I was going to say, that's a really fun name. Oh, yeah. Like, if you're going to be, you know, Dash. And that reminds me, just bringing this 
back up talking about Ripley only being named uh, the third time. I'm surprised Wiley didn't pick uh, Ellen Ripley. To that's one of her favorites, but apparently Rip, that's a that's tough. If she's not picking Ripley, like you know, she's putting some thought into her choice. All right, who is next? Spinning the wheel again, lots of colors going round, doing stuff. And oh, all right, I have a. Uh, Two Alexes on this list. And, uh, Alex Kittner? It's not Alex Kittner. Uh, it is our good buddy, Alex Hoy, who is a super talented artist, and you should uh, subscribe to his Patreon because he gives you uh, free arts, uh, stuff that uh, nobody really uh, really gets to gets to see. Plus, he's just a really good artist. He does this, uh, well, he does a lot of stuff that I love. He does this little Jason that's adorable, but he also does a Sam we all know. And, and Sam's not on my list either. Not on mine Like, either. who am I? What am I doing? I love Sam from Trick or Treat, and he does a Sam that is just so perfect. I love it. But anyways. I also want to throw out that he just recently teamed up with Adam Green yes. with his awesome uh Victor Crowley from Hatchet Design, and they had the the shirts and the sweatshirts and whatnot. So he gave me a list of five, and then he asked if uh, he needed to give a reason, and I said, "You don't have to, but you can if you like." Up so to your discretion. He sent me a nice long, uh, nice long list that says, "I picked characters that I enjoy that have interesting motivations and arcs." First is Helga from Hey Arnold. Oh, Helga, Helga G. Pataki. Pataki. Helga is a tragic cartoon character with context clues showing how damaged she is in her home life, but despite her damage, she will more often than not do a good deed out of selflessness. Uh, the next is the comic book character Goon from The Goon, and he says, first off, read more Goon. Uh, he's a big guy that can smack a slack-jawed zombie into next week and had protected territories as the enforcer for a big crime lord. Or so we think. The goon is secretly a good apple. And then read the goon. Next is Jamie Reyes, a Blue Beetle character. Jamie Reyes is the third incarnation of the Blue Beetle. And from the original comic run, you'll find out he doesn't want to be a superhero, but a kid with a good heart and doing what's best with an alien scarab attached to his spine. He'll do whatever he can for the greater good. And here's a great, uh, a great character that no one has picked, and it's actually a scary villain. And he could call himself Doctor, but he goes by Mr. Freeze. He's not a traditional villain. He's not trying to take over the world or hire a bunch of henchmen, including the movie Chill Out. He's doing everything he can just to stop his wife, Nora, from dying. A tragic that tragic character that gives warmth to a cold reality. Thanks, Paul Dini. Paul Dini was the writer of not just the Arkham games, but also uh, the animated series that really gave Mr. Freeze some humanity. Uh, and his wife... So there was, a, uh, there, was, there was a fictitious disease, a real disease called the Cotillard Delusion, where people think that they are dead. Um, you know, they, it's, it's what it's called. And I kept calling it McGregor Syndrome, which is the fictional disease that Mr. Freeze's wife has. Uh, it's just a thing. 
next is Mark Grayson. Mark Grayson is invincible. The superhero people will be talking about in a couple years with the Amazon cartoon or the movie from the creator of The Walking Dead, Robert Kirkman. Uh, Mark is a new superhero just gaining his powers as a teen and is in for a world and beyond of pain. Weight of the world on his shoulders and learning the dark truths that come with choosing right and wrong. He's not flawless and the internal conflicts he faces make him one of the most riveting characters I have read in 15 years. So, Alex, thank you for that list. I don't know most of those characters. Of course, I'm familiar with Mr. Freeze. Um, He is one of the better villains and... It's only the second time that Arnold Schwarzenegger played a villain. After the Terminator, he said he'd never play another villain, and he played Mr. Freeze and Batman Forever, and oh boy, uh, even I got tired of the ice puns. I will say, big missed opportunity in that film. Uh, Coolio was in it, but Coolio wasn't one of Mr. Freeze's henchmen. I don't know how the fuck they missed that. How, like, what kind of oversight? Did you just say you got tired? Tired I got of tired the of ice the ice puns. puns. Yeah. Who are you yeah. right now? Uh, I'm the guy who's about Did to Did you spin tell the, the ice puns to chill out? I told them that they were awful. <laughs> and I'm the guy who's about to spin the wheel yet again. Spinning, spinning, spinning. Who are we coming up to? And it is Ian Wallace. <laughs> So, well, this is going to be Ian's uh, DC characters, because this is Ian number two. So now his DC characters. Uh, he's got Nightwing, Dick Grayson, who is formerly Robin. He's got Deathstroke, who's a great fucking character. Um, he's got Red Hood, who is, again, another uh, former Robin, Jason Todd. Black Manta, that some of you might recognize as the main bad guy, sort of-ish. Like the main bad guy with powers from the Aquaman movie with Jason Momoa, and Martian Manhunter, who is a guy that uh, is super fucking powerful and has gone toe to toe with Superman a few times. So, uh, before we go any further, I want to read a list of five characters that I picked that I didn't think anyone else would pick, and I'm going to go five to one. And number one is obviously no one would ever pick this character ever. Uh, And if they did, I don't want to know them. So my number five character that nobody would pick is Superman. And no one has picked Superman yet. Number four is Skeletor from He-Man. Number three is Denethor from Lord of the Rings, although he was mentioned earlier. Number two is Jared Leto's portrayal of the Joker. And number one character that no one will mention and will be in no one's top hundred, Donald Trump from Home Alone 2. No one will pick that character. I feel very confident in that. So I just wanted to kind of throw that out. Uh, So let's go. Who's next? All right. It is our good buddy. uh, Very talented filmmaker. If you have a chance to check out his film, uh, The Last Call, starring Terry Alexander from Day of the Dead. It is our good buddy Marcus Slabin, who is again a not just a talented filmmaker. He's a really nice guy and a really sharp dresser. Yeah, uh, I loved his uh, sweet shining scarf that yeah, he got from Middle yeah, of Beyond. The, 
Overlook Hotel carpet print, the orange. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Middle of Beyond does some great stuff. They have the. I want to get the cardigan, but I have to wait till my stimulus comes in till I can spend ninety dollars on a fucking cardigan. You need a. You need to be stimulated first. I have to be. Sti- well, that thing is stimulating. <laughs> so he's got five and an honorable mention. So number six, his honorable mention is Indiana Jones because everyone wants to be Indy. So that's the second time Indy's. Uh, third time Indy's been mentioned. Number five, second time this guy's been mentioned, and I would not have picked him, uh, Al Bundy, because he's easily one of the funniest and most entertaining characters ever. Number four, and this is the first time he's been mentioned, uh, although I do know someone else does mention him, he did not make my list, but Peter Venkman, because who are you going to call? This one I don't think I know. Sean slash Gary King is the every man inside of us and is most likely how each and every one Every one of us would react. Same with Gary King. He is the epicenter of our inner nostalgia for youth. I honestly don't know who those characters are. I feel like I might. Um, but here's one that's uh, only been mentioned once earlier and recently. Uh, Walter White. And he says one of the most complex characters in television history and is a villain who you are rooting for from start to finish. And number one, uh, this is no surprise to me, uh, Ashley J. Williams, because Ash is easily the greatest character and hero on the planet. Anyone who can strap a chainsaw to his hand deserves this spot. Um, well said, and I agree with that. If you can, if you can uh, strap a chainsaw to your own hand, first of all, cut off your evil hand and then strap a chainsaw to the stump. Not only are you super tough, but uh, you are a badass character, and uh, yeah, I agree. Let's see who is next. Next up, we have Sarah from Amalgamania. So that is an email that was sent in. So we have Sarah. So Sarah says. Top five characters. This was tough. Yeah, I know. Number one is Loki. Good Good choice. No one has said Loki yet. Number two is the 10th Doctor from Doctor Who. It's a series we should probably get into. Yeah, I've never watched it. Number three is Olaf from Frozen. Nice. He's going to do so many things in summer. Number four is Claire Frazier from Outlander. I know the show, but I'm not overly familiar with the prem- the the characters. And uh, number five is Buddy the Elf. What's your favorite color? Ooh, that's a good call. No that's one's picked really Buddy yet either. One. I've I'm changed surprised it. he's not in your your top. She says I've changed and updated this probably ten times. Ah, congrats on your two hundredth. I can't say anything anymore. Congrats Ooh. on your two hundredth episode, Sarah B. Awesome. Don't you know? <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden you're like from Minnesota. All right, who's next? Who do we got? Who do we got? Spinning the wheel, spinning the wheel, and it is landing Big on Big money, a no whammies. All right, and this is another email. This is from another part of the uh, Darkening Network. This is uh, from Secret Underground Hideout, Wicked Horror Show, so many other things, Black and White Fright. It's our good buddy, Kevin. 
Kevin. He is the worst. And he says, hey, congrats on hitting 200. So his list goes, one, Scud the Disposable Assassin, a comic book character created by Rob Schraub, written by Dan Harmon in the voice of John Malkovich. Dan Harmon, for those of you who are unfamiliar, half of the creative force of Rick and Morty. Number two is Frankenstein, a big misunderstood monster that doesn't want to be the bad guy. He was just made that way. Number three is Les Claypool, bass player, singer, songwriter of Primus, influenced my playing going all the way back to 1992. Number four is Dave Attell, stand-up comic. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, the greatest living comic. I can listen to any of his material over and over and always find it hilarious. Number five, The Tick, Spoon. <laughs> Honorable mention, Leatherface. Oh, good call. Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre. He says, see number two. He is a big fan of uh, Leatherface. I hope it doesn't stink as much as I do in real life. Godspeed through Texas, Kevin. Nice. Well, thank you, Kevin. Thank that you. was a good that was a good list. I'm surprised that Leatherface made it onto the honorable mention. Yeah, not in the top and five. not in the top, because I know he's a huge fan. Yeah. But I mean, that's the thing about these lists though. There are characters who I thought would crack my top five and they did I thought Hannibal Lecter was gonna be one of you know, my top characters. When you and really he's not. sit down to think about it, it's and we're talking about characters of all time. There are so many to choose from. And depending on how old you are, you know, multiple characters have come and gone throughout your lifetime. So it's it is hard. And I'm really regretting making this decision <laughs> to do right. this top five characters of all time. So we've got about fifteen left. So let's do a couple more. Our our number five. Our number five. And then we'll play a few, then we'll do number four. Okay. So who is you wanna go first? Or you want me to go first? I will go first. Okay. So my number five, again, I, this character could be higher on my list. But given circumstances, she landed at number five. And it's RuPaul. Very good. I love RuPaul so much. I love drag queens in general. But there's something about RuPaul. You know, we did an episode on RuPaul also. But the way that she brought drag really predominantly into the mainstream you know not only in the 90s with her music videos with the talk show that she had on vh1 with michelle visage but the success that drag race has, has had and all of the spinoffs that's happening you know on friday so tomorrow she has the debut of secret celebrity drag race like that's where we've come you know, not only are we past the whole season one with the horrible season one filter of RuPaul's Drag Race, where it was this this underground closeted show on Logo, but now it's on VH1. And then I believe the next season of All Stars is going to be on Showtime. I think it's Showtime. Ooh. Like, that's crazy. You know, these major networks are picking up Drag Race. I mean, we're on season 12 right now. We have four season of All-Stars, I believe. We have Drag U, which I thought was a lot of fun. I would have loved to see more of, of Drag University, but that didn't take off as, as well. 
Um, you know, and now we have Secret Celebrity Drag Race, which is like a, I think a four episode kind of like mini series special event that they're doing. But it's just crazy to me how drag has become an everyday conversation. It's not so much taboo anymore. You know, everyone's talking about it. And then with the success of Dragula, which we all know I'm a fan of the Boulay brothers, you know, three seasons of Dragula, season three aired on Amazon, has now switched over to Netflix. So we know that eventually, I'm sure once all of this COVID-19 stuff goes away and things can actually pick up and shows can start shooting again and life can return as normal. You know, we're going to get a fourth season of, 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 of Dragula probably on Netflix. Like drag is in an everyday conversation. And once upon a time, it was taboo. Now, we all know that RuPaul wasn't the first drag queen. There are Plenty of other drag queens that came before her. Like Divine? But she, uh, oh, fuck, yeah, Divine. Divine, Lady Bunny, who she's really good friends with, who has been on the show several times. You know, uh, drag, I mean, I could do, I could do a whole freaking podcast on the history of, of, of drag. Uh, it's something that started years and years and years and years, like, like centuries ago. But because of RuPaul has really become a topic of conversation has come to the front and you know, it's leading this charge of, of, you know, acceptance of pride of loving yourself for who you are, being yourself, embracing yourself. Who cares what anybody else thinks you have a home somewhere you know, you just need to find your people. And whether that's in the drag community, in the gay community, you know, in, in whatever fandom you find yourself in, you know, there's a place for you and you belong. And, you know, the the spirit of drag race is so much more than just drag itself. And I love that so much. So, you know, RuPaul Charles is the guy but RuPaul is, is is she's the character. She's the character that RuPaul Charles becomes when he puts on those size 13 pumps and that iconic blonde wig and struts down that runway. So my number five, and I'm surprised that I haven't heard these names from you. Vince Noir, Howard Moon. Oh my God. Naboo, Balo, and Bob fucking Fossil from the Mighty Boosh. Oh, my God. How did they not make my list? It's like the Muppets. How did they not make my list? If you guys haven't seen the Mighty Boosh, the entire series is on Hulu. Do yourself a favor. If you've seen the fucking old Greg memes, that's these guys. It's essentially four or five characters in each show uh, or four or five actors who play all the different characters. Every single character. Rich Fulcher is maybe one of the funniest TV characters. Bob Fossil. Just just as Bob Fossil or as any of the characters he plays. He is fucking amazing. Um, Vince and Howard are fantastic. Each, there's three seasons. Love Noel Fielding. First season takes place at the zoo. 
The second season takes place the Zooniverse. In, oh yeah, the Zooniverse. The second uh, season takes place in Naboo's apartment, and that has old Greg and fucking Call of the Yeti. My oh, two favorite the episodes. Yeti episode, yes. And season three takes place in the Naboo-teak, because Naboo is a shaman, uh, and he runs a store. That's how oh, that has the bouncy house episode and nanageddon oh nanageddon so good so that's my number five uh team because uh. i have to put multiple people on there because i can't just pick one from that show so let's listen to a few more of these and uh let's see who's next i love the mighty boosh so much i was wrong about how many were left All right, and next is the person who sent us, uh, sent me a DM right as we were getting ready to record, so she got, she got in just in time, and it's our good friend, uh, Crystal Carnage, who is a phenomenally talented makeup artist. Oh, she's amazing. Check out Ocular Deceptions on Facebook to see some of the stuff that she's done, some of the stuff that she's modeled for. Fellow uh, Jeffree Star lover. She's fucking talented, and she's super awesome person. So let me get to... Okay, so she gave me her list, and then she expanded upon it a little bit, because originally she only gave me four. So first character is uh, Rumpelstiltskin from Once Upon a Time. First of all, Robert Carlyle, phenomenal fucking actor. I loved him in Train Spotting. I loved him in 28 Weeks Later. Um, he's awesome. Red Reddington from Blacklist. You know, James Spader's character. Ooh. Really good choice. Um, and amazingly, this isn't, he's not on my list, and I don't know how we did an episode on him, and no one else has picked him. He is essentially Sherlock Holmes. They live at the same fucking place. Gregory House. Yes. Oh, no one has picked Laurie Gregory as house. He lives at two twenty one B Baker Street. Oh, that was such a good show. I mean, it had its ups and downs towards the later seasons. Yeah, but for but the most part, it was it was pretty solid show. All, all I know around. is that it's not lupus. It's not. It's not lupus. It's never lupus. It's <laughs> except never except for the handful of times. It's never it was lupus. No, it was never lupus. It's never lupus. Uh. Ash J. Williams from uh, Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army oh, of Darkness. Hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. And um, I said, you know, it's like, oh, this is a great list. I'm a fan of Robert Carlyle, so Rumpelstiltskin, I'm totally on board with. She said, he is an amazing character. The acting is so on point, so theatrical, and he plays Mr. Gold 2, which is like playing two different characters, not to mention how many times he goes from evil to good. And she said, Red Reddington is amazing. Much like Hannibal, and I said, "Yeah, James Spader tends to have that effect. Like he's Spader's great. Uh, if you've never seen the movie Secretary with him and Mag- Maggie Gyllenhaal, seek that one out. It's fucking bizarre, but it's like James Spader. So I uh, said, smart. She said, smart, sophisticated, loves fine wine, classical music, great taste in everything, and the way he holds his head and makes his movements are amazing." He said, "House." Well, smart, but also a huge smartass, much, much like Reddington and Ash, completely gets rid of his natural accent. Uh, walks on a walks with a cane. Just everything about that character. He said Ash 
Well, it's Bruce freaking Campbell, and he's amazing, in my opinion, for a B-list actor in that role. The transitions he's had to go through and how filming is done with SFX is impressive on its own. So those are my top four. And she said, uh, oh, I also love Meryl Streep in The Devil Wears Prada. And what was her name again? Miranda Priestley. Miranda Priestley, yes. She said uh, it would be cool to hear someone talk about her character. Groundbreaking. Uh, my brother and I are big fans of that role. So that's uh, Crystal from Ocular Deceptions. Check out Ocular Deceptions if you are a fan of uh, makeup artists. And just she's super talented. Uh, I actually commissioned a uh, uh, an art piece from her that she's been working on. And she shows me progress on it now and then. And it's fucking incredible. She's a brilliant artist. And she's a super awesome person. So, let us see who is next. All right, this is another. Uh, this is another DM that I got. This is from a gentleman I interviewed on Shark Bites a while back. Uh, you might know him from Agramon's Gate. You might know him from Eternal Code. Or you might know him as his character, the Stairmaster, from Wes Craven's People Under the Stairs. Uh, This next one is uh, the list that was sent to us from Mr. Jan Birch. So, number five is the Danish girl from Lili Elbe. I don't know what that is, to be honest. I'm, uh, I'm not familiar. And next are a couple of characters that a few people that uh, one other person has mentioned, but no one else has. Number four, John McClane from Die Hard. Oh, and only uh, I think Stephen mentioned him. Next is Rick Blaine from Casablanca, who uh, mm-hmm. Joe mentioned. Uh, let me write that down. Okay. Uh, one character that nobody has mentioned, and I'm kind of surprised, Jack Torrance from The Shining. Oh, yes. No one has picked him. And his favorite character of all time, I already mentioned it, the Stairmaster from The People Under the Stairs. That makes sense because it's him. And uh, we do have someone else on here who gave me two top fives of the characters that he has played and characters that... Uh, you know, the characters that he's also a fan of. And he actually liked this idea so much that he made a post earlier today uh, asking people for their top dramatic and top comedic characters of all time. And who is next? Ooh, it is another uh, text. And it is our good friend who just appeared on this week's episode of Shark Bites. It's our good buddy, Justin Cooper. So, Mr. Co- you were hanging with Mr. Cooper. I was. I was hanging with Mr. Cooper. Uh, so, Coop says, Cloud Strife, which I believe is Final Fantasy, Ray Stance from Ghostbusters, Dan Aykroyd's character, Harry Dresden, the name sounds familiar, and I, I just can't place what he's from, Daredevil, second time someone said Daredevil, because... Uh, Ian used him as one of his 912 characters. Um, Lieutenant Commander Data, who uh, no one has picked yet. 
And as his bonus, he picked Wolverine, who was also named as one of the 912 characters that Ian picked. So, Harry Dresden, his full name is Harry Blackstone Copperfield Dresden, is from the Dresden Files, which is a series of books. See, I know the Dresden Files is like the wartime stuff. Uh, he is a wizard who works as a supernatural private investigator in Chicago, dealing with paranormal You're crimes a wizard, Harry. and consulting <laughs> for the Chicago Police Department. Okay. He's named after three different stage magicians, Harry Houdini, Harry Blackstone Sr., and David Copperfield. Yeah. You're a wizard, Harry. Different Harry. Different Harry wizard. You're a Harry wizard. Who is next? And I think it's... Oh, it was almost... <laughs> it was almost somebody else. Uh, up next is a voicemail from uh, our good friend and local boy, Paul Salamoff. Uh, he sent us in a voicemail, so uh, let's hear what Paul has to say. Hello, this is Paul J. Salamoff, writer-director of the film Encounter, and also author of On the Set, The Hidden Rules of Movie Making Etiquette and the graphic novel series Discord. When Patrick reached out to me and said he wanted me to come up with my top favorite characters of all time. That was an interesting challenge. It's something I never really thought about. And I've been teaching screenwriting at the New York Film Academy and every week have been telling my students, character, character, character. You can have the coolest idea for a movie, but if you don't have an interesting character, nobody's going to care. So with some thought, I put together my list of my top five. But I also wimped out and put 10 honorable mentions, which I'm probably not supposed to do. So my top five favorite characters, number one would be Doctor Who from the BBC TV series. Uh, number two would be James Bond from both the film and the book no series. No one said that yet. Three would be Sherlock Holmes. No one said Four, that. Four, uh, I'm going to go a little villainous here and go with Hannibal Lecter nice. from both, once again, from the film and the book series and the TV series. And rounding out my top five would be Indiana Jones. Nice. But got to have some honorable mentions here, and I'll just rattle these off very quickly. Number one would be Rocky Balboa. Uh, number Not two would be list. Rick Deckard, because Blade Runner is my favorite movie of all time, <sighs> and I really care about that lead character. Next would be Arthur Dent from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series. Martin Freeman. Uh, the next one I is a little more random. It's the character, the villainous character Deslock. Uh, from Star Blazers, which is also known as Space Cruiser Yamato, and I believe he was called Deslar. Um, I always found him an intriguing character because he was a villain that sort of becomes somewhat of a good guy. Uh, next would be two from Game of Thrones, Jamie Lannister and Tyrion Lannister. Uh, another uh, book character uh, would be Parker. Uh, from the Richard Stark book series. He's a pseudonym of Donald Westlake, and they also made a number of movies, Point Blank and Payback being two ones that were based on Parker. I'm a big fan of John Rambo, uh, especially First Blood. Uh, I, I love the book, and I really like the film series a lot. Uh, who doesn't love Han Solo? And then finally, I like John Wick. I really enjoy spending time with John Wick and watching him... Uh, Murder people. So uh, there you go. 
my original top five, and then ten honorable mentions. Hope everybody's staying safe and healthy and surviving the global apocalypse. So that was only the second Han Solo. And it's obviously, you know, I have 40 people on my list. I was going to say, obviously, well, I have 40 in, selections. fits in well with this group because, I mean, he must know us with our umpteen bajillion honorable mentions. So perfectly okay. Now, if you guys have not seen Encounter, do yourself a favor. Go to Amazon. Look up Encounter, the DVD or the Blu-ray. And purchase Blu-ray it. has a lot of really cool features on it because that's one of the things that um, Paul did. Paul's been working on Hollywood for many, many, many years. Yeah, he did an excellent job providing special features, commentary, what have you, for the Blu-ray extras. He really wanted to make sure it was an all-inclusive package with the film. and But, but the film itself... It is, it's sci-fi, but it's so well done. You think it's going to go in one direction, and it goes in a completely opposite direction. It keeps you guessing. It's suspenseful, suspenseful, but it's a really good story with really good characters. And uh, one of the Hemsworth, Luke Hemsworth is in mm-hmm. it. So if you've ever seen Westworld, you're familiar with Luke's work. And it's just, it's so well done. I, I really enjoyed it. And I think you will, too. So, you know, if if you have a few bucks lying around, you want to purchase it or rent it on Amazon, definitely do so. It'll be worth your money. Yeah, I highly recommend it. And uh, Paul was actually the uh, first person ever to appear on Shark Bites. That was my first episode. Um, that was uh, that was the first episode I ever did was an interview with, with him. So, um, yeah, let's see who's next. Gonna spin the wheel. Gonna do the stuff. We're gonna drink more wine. All right. I should give you my top five wine. My top five wine. So this next, uh, this next person also sent uh, two DMs. This is the person I was talking about um, earlier today, and oh, excuse me, uh, little little, uh, little burpee here. Um, he is a gentleman that you have seen in probably a thousand different things. And he's one of those, he's one of those actors that you're like, Oh yeah, I remember him. He was in lost. He was in twister. He was in the very first got milk commercial. Oh my God. Um, And you might know him. His probably his best known role is roach. From the people under the stairs, it is uh, Sean Whalen. So Sean gave me a list first. Uh, I didn't think he was going to respond because I know he's busy. He's he's teaching. He's doing a podcast. Uh, he does a lot of stuff. Uh, but he's super nice guy, and he gave me a list of not only five characters that he played, his top favorite characters that he's played, but his top favorite characters of all time. So number five is Dirk from Employee of the Month. Mantooth from Wizards of Waverly Place, the milk guy from the Got Milk commercial. He was the guy who uh, he was trying to say Aaron Burr, but he had the mouthful of peanut butter. And it oh, <laughs> um, Merkin in Never Been Kissed, and his favorite role was Roach. So his 
favorite characters he's ever done, or favorite characters of all time. He doesn't have them in any order. Uh, Iago from Othello, great fucking pick. Yes. Great fucking pick. Fagin from Oliver Twist. Gene Wilder and Young Frankenstein, great fucking pick. Uh, Heath Ledger's Joker. Hugh Grant in Notting Hill. Okay. And Ricky Gervais from The Office, the original Ooh, the Office. the original Office. So, like, he was the basis for Michael Scott. Yes. So, thank you, Sean. Uh, Sean's awesome. He does uh, these occasional, if you're friends with him on Facebook or follow him on Facebook, he does these occasional uh, caption contests where he will send you an autographed picture if you get the most votes, and I have one of those pictures, uh, which is pretty awesome. He sends you an 8x10. Uh, super cool, uh, very nice guy. Thank you for taking the time, and I know you're you're very busy. Who is next? So if I were to put together my top five wines, I think my number five slot would have to go to a rosé. I do love a good rosé. You do love a good rosé. So next is uh, my good buddy and our good buddy, James from... Uh, the Dorkening podcast that we do every Wednesday that I occasionally appear on. And uh, he sent me a DM, but I saved it as a text. He's also part of the, it's the James and Jen Experience yes, podcast. It's a, newer, it's a newer show. Um, It's a newer show and... It's him and his wife. So obviously we're like super fans of that. And it's just them, you know, being married, talking about different things that they do, different fandoms, kind of being really invested into different nerdoms and stuff. It's a really cool podcast. You should definitely check it out. Um, yeah. And his top five. And again, there's a couple on here that I can't believe no one has said anything. Peter Venkman, which uh, he's the second. Um, Ghostbuster to be mentioned, and I had Venkman on my list that didn't quite get in. Um, Willy Wonka, great choice. Uh, Doc Brown from Back to the Future. Mm -hmm. Marvin the Martian, first Looney Tunes character we've had on here. And our first Muppet, our second Muppet, I'm sorry, because it's not Fozzie Bear, but it is the original... Like, the number one Muppet, he had Jim Henson's voice, Kermit the Frog. It's not easy being green. It isn't easy being green. But once you make the rainbow connection, uh, you should be all set. We are actually in the process of getting another another person. Another feedback? Another feedback. Another feedback. So I'm just, what I'm doing is, for some reason, this thing takes out some of the names that I put in. So I'm just double checking and make sure that I have two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Patrick two, can three, count. Four, Hooray! Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So I'm missing two people on this list for some reason. Oh, I see one of them. That's that one. And. All right, so while I'm trying to figure out what the other one is, I will spin the wheel. So I think my number four favorite wine would have to be uh, a Zinfandel. I do love a good Zinfandel. 
I'm just talking about types, like different varietals. I'm not going into brands because uh, we don't have time yeah. for that. We all know Apothic Dark is probably my all-time favorite wine. But I like a lot of different wines. It depends on what mood I'm in and stuff. So we're just talking about varietals, types in general. So, yeah, I think my, my five has to be a rosé. My four is going to be a Zinfandel. Zinfandels are really bold, kind of smoky. They're, they're, they're not for the faint of heart. But if you're willing to go down that road, it's worth the payoff. Like, the payoff is worth it. So, up next is another from Amalgamania. I think this is going to almost wrap up our Amalgamania, folks. Uh, Shelby sent us in a voice, uh, an email. Okay. I'm sorry, no. She sent me, she sent uh, a message on, what you call it, uh, the face space. Uh, For some reason, I thought it was an email. I don't know why. But uh, she said... Congratulations, you guys. Uh, her first pick is Sebastian from Black Butler. I... It's uh, it's an anime. Um, Darth Vader. It's only the third time Vader has been mentioned. Legolas. Ooh, Legolas. Uh, Klaus, uh, number four in, Amer- in oh, Umbrella Academy. Umbrella Academy. Oh, that's a good choice. I and love Klaus. Tank Girl. Tank Girl. Oh, that's a good one, too. Great list. Yeah, excellent. Nice job. Thank you, Shelby. Shelby was on the uh, prequels Star Wars show on Shark Bites, I believe. Who do we have See, So I think number three, I think my number three would have to go with a Cabernet. A Cabernet Sauvignon. The the red Cabernet. Cabernet Blanc, too. There's, There's Cab. So, like what I'm drinking right now. So next is uh, our buddy Zanger from the Zang This podcast. And he mentioned us on Twitter because I, I reached out to a whole bunch of people and 99% of them did not get back to me. But that's okay because a lot of them were like, you know, Lady Gaga and RuPaul and... Mark Hamill. So they're, they're a little busy. They, they've got some other things going on for them right now. Yeah, like they, they've got stuff that, you know. Um, oh, we do have another person. And, oh, we have two more on, on Twitter. So awesome. Uh, our, our, uh, our good friend Ashley V. Robinson responded to us as well. Oh, fine. So I'm going to put her on there. Uh, but uh, to give you Zenger, Zenger said, well done on 200. And he just kind of gave me a graphic with all his characters. And uh, we have Kratos from God of War. We have Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern. We have Emperor Palpatine slash Darth Sidious. First pick we've had from him. Thor. And yet another Ashley J. Williams. So, super awesome. Um, so, we have two others that I have to add on there. They're both named Ashley. So, well, Do you want to just read them off right now? No. I want to do them. Okay. Have it your way. I will. It's like... Uh, Whatever. Burger King. Burger King. All right. Has anyone tried the Impossible Whopper? I like, we We did. It was all right. It wasn't great. I've had some other meat substitute stuff that that has tasted better, but it wasn't it wasn't bad. Maybe it was the way it was prepared. Like maybe if I get the impossible stuff and make it myself, it'll be better. 
Great. And next is our friend uh, off of Twitter. She once went by Teach That Ash, but now she is Teacher Ashley, and she has five, uh, yeah, five characters. She has, oh, she's got a list. She actually wrote it out. Oh, thank you, because I don't know who some of these people are. Uh, Brooke Davis, from her friends to her husband to her kids, Brooke Davis does not hold back when she loves someone. She loves them. She protects them and cares for them and looks out for them like it's nobody's business. We all looked at Brooke and thought, that's the kind of person I want to be. TV shows are abundant in characters with little depth or complexity, with bland and poorly played out background stories and broken attempts at being relatable. There aren't a lot of characters that young girls can look up to, like really look up to, but Brooke Davis is one of them. She was compassionate and beautiful and kind-hearted and taught girls everywhere that they should go after their dreams and determination, that they should love without reservations, and that it's possible to let go of the past and have the life that you want, no matter what everyone else has told you. I don't know who she is. I'm not familiar. You are not going to like this next one. Forrest Gump, one of her favorite characters. Forrest Gump takes a character that is a societal outsider and makes us love him. We connect with his feelings and experience, even though most of us will never experience his struggles personally. How do we develop this connection? The movie humanizes Forrest Gump as someone who is like us. He wants the same thing that we want and struggles with some of the same things that we struggle with. The movie also gives us a glimpse of an unfamiliar world, the struggles of Forrest that we can't relate to, to broaden our perspective into this other human's life and experience. By showing us what Forrest is like, by showing us Forrest is like us, we gain empathy. But showing us his unique struggles, we also gain sympathy. I'm sorry, sympathy and empathy. Oh no, it's just the same line twice. Sorry. Uh, Marge Simpson who is not on any of my lists. Marge is in Homer's shadow in many ways. Frankly, she's probably in Bart's shadow too. And there's something unfair about this because Marge is incredible. She represents a very different flavor of comedy, but she's a tremendous member of The Simpsons in her own right. There is a subtle desperation and sadness on the fringes of her character that make her frequently sympathetic. She's probably the character most capable of carrying a more dramatic, emotionally driven storyline. Funniest Marge moments come from the mundane, from the mundanity and a certain defeatedness prevalent in much of what she says. She may not be as quotable as other characters, but even on The Simpsons, quotability isn't everything, and Marge excels in every other area. And this one, I because I haven't watched the show in many, many years, I wasn't sure which one of the Winchester boys she picked, but she picked Dean. So not Jared Padalecki, the other guy. I don't remember his name jeff but the older brother i guess uh dean takes his job as a caretaker very seriously as hard as it may be to believe considering he's technically the reckless carefree one dean is actually the heart of the show sam is usually the sensitive one but you know which brother has talked not one not two but four of his loved ones out of mind-controlled rampages of violence and death yeah that's right one look at dean's anguish and john winchester sam winchester Bobby Singer and Castiel all managed to overcome possession so as not to hurt him further. And this is the second time we've gotten so this character. Dean Winchester is played by Jensen Ackles. Jensen Ackles. I can never remember his name. And I knew it was something unconventional. The first character was Brooke Davis. Yes. She is from One Tree Hill. Oh, okay. I haven't seen any of the subsequent Tree Hills, so I didn't I didn't know. Um 
and her final character is uh, one that Wiley mentioned, uh, Liv Benson, Olivia Benson. Olivia Benson relates to the victims as no one else can. She is she understands the system and has seen it all. The product of rape, Olivia Benson uses her life skills and foundation as a springboard to help others. Her mother was an alcoholic, and she had to grow up faster than most kids. Throughout all of the turmoil she faced, she uses it to help victims of assault and violence get justice. She's the heart of SVU and a champion for survivors and victims. Shows us that your past can be messy, but it doesn't define your worth. Phenomenal. So thank you, Ash. That was great. Let's see. We've only got a few left. So I think my number two wine uh, would probably have to be a sangria. I love a good... I know it's not like a specific varietal of wine. I love a good sangria, especially a red sangria, but I've had some really delicious citrus-based white sangrias that have, have just blown the roof off the place. So this is, uh, we have two from this person, uh, totally different categories. One is a text and one is a uh, DM with audio that uh, he is joined by a very uh, special person who has also been on the show before. Um, and this is from our good friend, very talented writer and talented artist, Mr. Steve Van Sampson, Parasite Steve from uh, Retro Over Doctopus. So he picked a category uh, similar to what Ian Wallace did, but instead of sending us uh, several dozen characters, he just picked five. So he picked uh, Marvel, and he picked uh, Nightcrawler, who we also heard from um, Jordan. He picked uh, Iron Man, Spider-Man, Storm, and Moon Knight. Um, I would love to see Moon Knight played by Keanu Reeves. I would love to see everything played by Keanu Also, Reeves. Darth Revan would be a great Keanu Reeves. Shout out to uh, JB from earlier. Um, so that's the first one for him. Let me... I hope you enjoy this song because I'm doing it because um, I have to add another name on here because this keeps taking names off and I don't understand why it keeps taking names off. Well, it's supposed to take the name of the winner, but it's not supposed to take all of the names off. Like, it keeps taking, like, four or five names off. The next... Next one on our list is our good friend, talented filmmaker, uh, huge fan of uh, Jaws and uh, the horror genre. You know him from Broke Horror Fan. It's our good buddy, Alex DiVincenzo. So let's see what Alex has to say. Hey, guys, it's Alex DiVincenzo from BrokeHorrorFan.com here. And congratulations on 200 episodes. And thank you for asking me to be a part of it. My top five favorite characters, I have to start with Michael Myers from the Halloween franchise. He's everything I want in a horror movie villain. He's the embodiment of pure evil. I love the expressionless mask. I love the way he moves slowly and methodically. And he's mysterious, but not supernatural. He's a big reason why Halloween is my favorite movie of all time. 
I also appreciate the trope of the final girl in horror movies, and none of them in my book are better than Ellen Ripley from the Alien films. She's a smart, strong, badass female action hero, and Sigourney Weaver plays her perfectly. Another one is Quint from Jaws, and you can listen to the episode of this podcast that I was on all about him and why we love him so much. But in short, he has what is quite possibly the best monologue in cinema history, and he's a rare supporting character that really steals the show. I also have to shout out Han Solo, which is the first anti-hero I ever saw growing up watching the Star Wars movies. At first I wanted to be Luke Skywalker, but over the years I realized, no, I'm more of a Han Solo Love the sarcastic sense of humor, but when it comes time to get stuff done, he does it. And last but not least is Charlie, the main character from The Perks of Being a Wallflower. That's the first book that I ever read where when it ended, I actually felt a sense of loss because I wasn't going to spend any more time with those characters. And as a young teenager unsure of his place in the world, I really saw a lot of myself in Charlie. Logan Lerman also does a great job playing him in the film adaptation, which is one of the rare movies that is almost as good as the book, thanks in no small part to the author directing it. So that'll do it for me, guys. Thank you again for having me, and I hope to be back on soon. Awesome. Thank you, Alex. That was great list. Yeah, that was a really oh. good list. Um, yeah, just uh, obviously, you know, like I said, he's a, uh, a big uh jaws fan and we had a great time doing the uh the quint episode with him so um let's do we did number five let's do number four for us number four okay yeah. go you, ahead. Want, you want me to go first this is a character um who it's based on the like his speech pattern is based on how his wife spoke after having uh, a severe, uh, not an aneurysm, but like a, a really nasty stroke during childbirth. Is it Yoda? It is not Yoda, because uh, Yoda doesn't have an author. This is a character who the movie came out. I was very happy. Uh, it's one of my favorite books. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Roald Dahl, and this character... Uh, Sort of sometimes influences how I speak, you know, especially to the cats or, or, or to ashes. I'm talking, of course, Strawbuncles. Yes, about the BFG, the big friendly giant from Roald Dahl's The BFG, <laughs> the big friendly giant. Uh, it's one of the, the best stories I've ever written. I love it. I love the mythology that's in it. I love the fact that, you know, he's this. He's essentially a vegan in a world of of horrific cannibalistic monsters. You know, he's the smallest among all the giants. There's 10 total giants. He's the the smallest of them. Like even the the smallest of the bigger giants is twice his size. Uh but I love the storytelling elements like how he, you know, blows dreams into people's uh into people's heads with a giant trumpet and tries to protect them from nightmares. Uh, and he runs so fast. He's so fast. He can almost out, he can outrun helicopters, which he calls belly whoppers. <laughs> um, yeah. If you've never read the BFG, I've probably read it 50 times. If I've read it once, um, I love that story. I love the art by Quentin Blake. Um, 
I'm just a huge fan of uh, this story. I think he's a great character, and he helped, uh, you know, helped introduce me to a whole new world of uh, writing style. So, number four is the BFG. So, my number four is a character from my all-time favorite TV show. This is a show that I have no idea how many times I've watched the series in its entirety. I mean, there are times when I will just pull a season and start watching it, but there have been many, 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 many times where I've started from the first episode, season one, and went all the way through the last episode of season six. And this character just, she's always stood out for me. I've loved her so much. She's outspoken. She's, she's, she's brassy. She's, you know, everything I want to be. It's Samantha Jones from Sex and the City. Yep. I love Kim Cattrall's portrayal of Samantha Jones so much. She's fashionable. She says anything and everything that comes to her mind. She's sexy. She's not afraid to have sex. She's not afraid to talk about it. The show was very groundbreaking at the time that it aired. It aired on HBO back in, I believe, 1999. 98, 99, around there. Uh, women weren't really portrayed in such a manner. Uh, women weren't really portrayed as having this sexual, animalistic-like behavior that, that men are often portrayed having. And the conversations that they had from anywhere, you know, from, from, from periods to, you know, miscarriages to infertility to cancer yeah cancer one of my favorites is when they're sitting there talking and charlotte's complaining about harry and she's like what's she goes what's the matter she's like it's his tea bags and samantha's like just hold your nose or breathe (laughs) through your nose she thought that she was talking about teabagging, which is the sexual act of, you know, putting someone's balls in their in, in your mouth versus actual legit teabags. Cubicle sack and drawing upon it succulently. <laughs> but they're not afraid. I mean, they talk about vibrators. They talk about, you know, it's 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 so girl-centric and so there's so much girl power in these episodes. Now, granted, some of the episodes didn't age as well as others you know but i think that if it was set nowadays it would be a little more woke than it was but it was definitely you know it it, it was it was out there for the time and you know to have these women talking about the issues that they were speaking about you know and have these characters doing things like going to therapy talking about their feelings you know about having multiple sexual partners and feeling no shame for it. And that's what I loved about Samantha. She didn't need anybody else. She had herself. Yeah, sure, men were something to have fun with. But she had herself and she had her good girlfriends. And that's all she needed. And that's, she was she was just... I love you, but I love myself more. That's what she said when she broke up with Smith Jared in the first Sex in the City movie. Mm-hmm. And um, I paid attention. Yeah. But that's also what she said when she broke up with Richard Wright, played by James Ramar. James Ramar. 
in the fourth season? She was all like, hey, Ajax, lighten up. Yeah. <laughs> but I just, I love her. And the way, the the humanity that Kim Cattrall brought to this role. So somebody else could have played it and could have played it with no soul. You know, like this 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 woman was just this this man eater, you know, and she kind of was, but there was something underneath all of this. And I look up to this character so much because she doesn't need anybody else. She's so self-sufficient. She has goals. She knows what she wants to accomplish and will not let anything or anyone stand in her way. And she's this kind of feminist icon in the sense that she will not be told no. You know, she won't let you talk down to her because she's a woman. She won't let you call her a slut or a whore because she enjoys having sex with multiple partners because you wouldn't do the same thing to a man. And I love that about her. Yeah, that's a hell of a choice. I I knew she was going to be in your top five. I just, I had a feeling. So we've got a few more left. Uh, We've got about 13 total. So let's do a few more. Let's see. Who is next? So I think my number one all-time favorite wine should come as no surprise to anyone because it's in one of my nicknames. It's my card. It's a Merlot. I love a good Merlot. I think it goes with anything. It's so versatile. And pretty much everyone can make a Merlot. Every vineyard can make a Merlot. I haven't really had a bad Merlot. I've had Merlots that were better than other Merlots. I've had some fantastic Merlots. I've had some some par Merlots, but I've never had a Merlot that I couldn't drink. So yeah, I think my number one's going to have to be a Merlot. All right. I'm not surprised at all, um, to be honest with you. Um, We have another email, and this one is from Andy Diceman, uh, who is another big part of Amalgamania. And uh, we definitely want to make sure we shout him out because he has sent us some uh, really cool dice sets. And uh, he's kind of helping me get into D&D, which I've never done. So, Ashes, please take it away. So his number one is Doc Holliday from Tombstone. Great pick. Number two is The Joker from Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. Number three is Thor from just just Thor or Beta Ray Bill. Oh, your buddy Beta Max Bill. Beta Max Bill. Uh, number four is Michelangelo, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the 80s cartoon, or Jim Henson movie version. And number mm. five is Vincent Valentine. It says FF7. Final so, Fantasy. Final Fantasy. I so didn't know if that was like a Fast and the Furious no. or... That's the second time Vincent Valentine has been mentioned, and I am unfamiliar with that character, but apparently he's uh, fairly popular. So let's uh, thank you, Andy. We appreciate that. Was that all of them? Do you have anything else? All right. So let's go to uh, the next one. Who do we have here? It is our good buddy, first time Mike. And that is a voicemail that he sent us. So let's get to that and let's play it. Because first time Mike has been a guy who's supported us since the beginning. He's a great fucking dude. So let's hear what he has to say. 
right now. Happy episode 200, Throwdown Thursday podcast. This is your boy, first time Mike, long time, no talk. How are you guys doing? Congratulations on this achievement. You guys both deserve it. Ashes, Patsy, love you guys, and I'm glad to hear you guys are still doing well. A little COVID-19 update. Uh, First time Mike is an essential worker, so I've been working this whole time. Uh, but everybody who's quarantined are also in the same boat I am. Uh, just wishing everybody the best. Please be safe. Uh, we'll get all the through this together if we all just you know, you know, do uh, keep a clear head and just uh, stay safe. Uh, my f- uh, top five best characters of all time at this time and place in no particular order. Number one, Doctor Who. Uh, love that show. Been a fan of it since uh, I was a little kid watching it with my aunt in the early 80s on PBS. Uh, all sorts of media, TV show, books, comics. Uh, just uh, love the character. Uh, number two, The Shadow. The uh, the vigilante that's uh, seen, never seen, only heard. A scourge on the, on the forces of crime. Great pick. Uh, Another character I've been fascinated with because it's justice, not law. Uh, one of the precursors of Batman, but a lot more violent. Again, survived from uh, the 30s till today in various incarnations. Uh, number three, Dracula, Lord of the Undead. Good, a cool. great uh, monster metaphor character that can be used to tell a story in so many different ways, so many different incarnations and interpretations that... You can see five different uh, five Dracula movies, even with the same actor, and have a different, slightly different version of Dracula every time. Just a fa- a fascinating character that can be used in so many different situations. Uh, Conan, the Barbarian. Uh, don't I'm more of a sword and sorcery person when it comes to fantasy rather than the Tolkien esque or even like. Uh, the uh, Game of Thrones, and I've always liked uh, the character of Conan, not just a Robert E. Howard, the the classic Roy Thomas comics uh, from the seventies and eighties. Uh, don't don't think of Conan just in the movie version with Alan Schwarzenegger. Fun movies, but the Conan in the books is a much more complex character uh, who's had different careers. Uh, who has his own code that might not be honored, but it's a, it's a code of living and uh, just search out Conan, uh, the barbarian, uh, especially if you can find the early Robert E. Howard stuff. Uh, Number five, uh, I got to go with Ash Williams from the, uh, the evil dead movies. I've always been fascinated with this character since he showed up uh, evil in evil dead, but I was really into, uh, Evil Dead 2, and his uh, boisterous character, uh, just witty, brilliant, but just with a supreme arrogance, uh, pretty much akin to Jack Burton from from the uh, Big Trouble in Little China movies, but all its own, and I just love the Ash character I have since then, and I pretty much collected a a lot of his media over the years as well. My honorable mentions, uh, Mulder and Scully from the X-Files, 
uh, Ellen Ripley, Ripley, who was just who just made who was really close. I was going to put on the list, and also Sarah Jane Smith from Doctor Who, a character who on herself is just a, a fun one. Uh, that's my list. Want to wish you guys all the best. Episode two hundred, a great achievement. Big hug, guys. Everybody, get in. Big hug. <laughs> Big hug. Big bear hug for you for Ashes and Patsy. Love you guys. Wishing you all the best. This is first time Mike from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Recording this on a night where I have to ironically go to work. So I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Peace. Uh, thanks, buddy. We love you too. And uh we are definitely hugging you in uh in our minds as well because you know what? You're a fucking awesome guy and you are just so positive and supportive of everybody. Yes, we love you so much. Thank you so much for the fantastic list, first of all, and the well wishes. And we wish you nothing but the best. Please stay safe out there. I know how crazy it is to have to work, you know, leave the house and and do stuff during this time. And just, you know, make sure you stay safe and take care of yourself, you know. That was great. That was a really good. That's a really good list. Yeah, you guys are killing it. I'm so impressed. So what I'm thinking is, uh, we have a few left. We have about uh, eleven left. Let's run through these, and then we'll do our top three to end the show, or to end to end this. Let's end this segment, and then we'll wrap it up. And uh... it'll be a quick wrap up, I promise. So let's see who is next. And it is our good buddy Nick, who has been uh, a staunch supporter of the podcast uh, and all podcasts, honestly, for quite some time. Uh, he sent us a, uh, a very nice DM uh, last night, I believe. So he was—he's uh, been kind of ahead of everybody because uh, we were chatting. So, his top five, uh, he says, uh, number five is Matthew McConaughey, I think is the same character in True Detective, Killer Joe, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. And it could, it could. I feel like Matthew McConaughey is, is just his own character, period. Yes. Yeah. He is a fucking character. He was really good all in right, uh, all right, all Dallas right. Buyers Club. He, I'll give him that. Yeah. I mean, well, he got an Oscar for it. Yeah. So, so I mean, he was really good. You, you, can always be good, but you don't always get an Oscar. Uh, number four is The Bandit, Burt Reynolds. Okay. No one has picked that yet. I'm surprised. Number three, Kenny Powers from uh, Eastbound and Down. That's uh, Danny McBride's character. Yep. Number two is Joe Bob Briggs. Okay. Great pick. No one has I chosen him. I behind that. And number one is... Uh, Right now, he is in second place, as far as mentions go, Indiana Jones. I had a feeling. Nick, great list. I love it. Uh, We always love hearing from you, so anytime you want to chime in with anything. Or, you know, share dog pictures. He is adorable, adorable pups. Three Mm -hmm. of them. Super, super cute. Uh, he's another essential worker who's who's been working. So please, you know, stay stay safe and uh, take care of yourself. Yes. Let's go. Who is next? It's 
spinning the wheel, doing some stuff. Oh, here we go. Jazz hands. Someone of whom I am a huge fan. If you've listened to the show, if you've. Ray uh, Park! No, no, no. I wish Ray Park had, had left us a message. That would have been awesome. But this is a DM that I got earlier today. Uh, she is a phenomenal director. She is a phenomenal person. She is a, a, a huge horror person because she's, you know, that's just her, her world. Uh, I'm talking, of course, about the very, very talented and supremely awesome Izzy Lee. Uh, so Izzy doesn't have any uh, specific order. But uh, this is one that I kind of alluded to earlier. Her number five, uh, they're not listed. I'm just going from... from oh, wait, wait. I, she has a couple on here. So Detective Cameron from Night of the Creeps that okay. uh, Anthony T. Mm -hmm. mentioned. Again, like I said, super, uh, super uh, into horror, these folks are. Uh, so it makes sense that they would pick a uh, Tom Atkins character. Indiana Jones. Oh, that puts him in a tie with, with Ash. Oh, wait. Sorry. Ash Williams is next. <laughs> um, Hannibal Lecter. Uh, I'm sorry. Nope. Before Hannibal is Hans Gruber, who no one has mentioned. Ooh. But we did get two John McClanes. And... So it goes, uh, Detective Cameron, Indiana Jones, Ash Williams, Hans Gruber, Hannibal Lecter, Quint, second time Quint's been mentioned, above Quint, John Wick, who did not make it into my list, but was one of the characters. Has that, been mentioned. Yep. Uh, this one, the first time anyone has mentioned this character is, uh. Daenerys Targaryen. Oh, okay. Um, and no surprise from this one at all, Ellen Ripley. Mm-hmm. So, Izzy, phenomenal list. Um, Thank you so much for sharing. If you check out her website, Niall Noctem, N-I-H-I-L-N-O-C-T-E-M.com, uh, she's got a couple of uh, short films on there, uh, Rights of Vengeance. Um, My Monster, both phenomenal films. Mm -hmm. uh, Izzy is just super, super talented, and I cannot uh, promote her enough. She's just awesome, and she's a great person. So let's see who is next. Watching the wheel turn, turn, turn. Oh, and it's... Stop. We can finally cross this name off our list. Is it Ian Wallace? Ian Wallace. Oh, hooray! We haven't heard from him in a while. His fourth uh, list. And his fourth list... Let me open this up. Marvel, DC, Space, like, cartoons. These are his cartoon care. Actually, he should have one more. Because, uh, yeah, we have one more for him. Because we didn't get to number seven. So his cartoon characters, Panthro from Thundercats, Bumblebee from uh, Transformers, Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe, played by Ray Park in the movie, Voltron, and looks like one of my uh, guesses is wrong because he put Skeletor 
Although I don't know if that counts because he put like thirty-five different characters. Beast man. Yeah. He man. I don't want to be nice. I want to be evil. Uh, that's a good. That's a good list. That's a really good list. Um, yeah, I like that. So let me put that last one on there. And see, it took away another person. I don't know why it keeps doing that. Like it's taking off people that shouldn't be taken off. So I have to keep adding the names back in. Ooh, this is a good one. This is uh, going to be a good list, I think. This is uh, our good buddy, another uh, Amalgamania person, and someone who was kind enough to leave a uh, voicemail for me uh, for my birthday. And that is, uh, of course... You had our... a birthday? Well, you know, he didn't leave a voicemail this this time. He just gave me a list. But he left a voicemail for the birthday. Her headphones have been acting up, so she only picks them up when we play something. From I pick them up and put them down. I said, do you want to send in your top five characters to our good buddy, Kurt? And he said, oh, fuck. So he said, Thor. So that's uh, the second time that Thor has been mentioned. Uh Guy Gardner uh, of the Green Lanterns and uh, Justice League. Starscream from uh, Transformers. Sentry, who is like essentially Marvel's Superman, but he has agoraphobia, so it's like really weird. Like they have to like really try and get him out. And uh, Hercules. I don't know if he means the Disney, the Greek god, the Marvel character. Yeah, or the guy from, uh, what is it, the Nutty Professor? The Clumps? The Clumps? Norbit? All those, Some, na- all those '90s Eddie Murphy movies kind of like blur together after a while. It's all really one film. So that's a good one. That's a good pick. I like that. I like that. I have to add this person back on. I don't know why it keeps making me do that. Kurt's the one who has the Sauron helmet, right? Kurt has the Sauron helmet. Yes, I wore it once. You and did, I didn't and know I what pictures. it was, but now I do know what it is. Yes, and now I'm impressed. Before I wasn't. I was like, I don't know what this is. It's and it heavy. weighs like sixty. It pounds. is very heavy. But one, now I know what it is, and I'm super impressed. Three, four. Uh, let's see. What five. Are you doing? Six, seven, eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, I have one name on there twice. That's why. All right. Let's spin it around. Who is next? And it is our good buddy, Riku. Riku. Who for some reason kept getting taken off the list. So Riku sent in an email. Don't forget he has two honorable mentions. Well, you can tell. Well, why don't you tell the honorable mentions? So his honorable mentions are Guts from Berserk. Oh, and Bender. And Bender. Bender Bending Rodriguez. Guts actually was, uh, we did the episode on him. Yep. Uh, it Takes Guts to Go Berserk. We did that way back because he's been one of, our, uh, one of our fans since the beginning. And he was on with us for our episode on the Major. And uh, we did the Purple Mitchie Stardust because that was what Purple he said. Purple Mitchie Stardust. It was his drag, his drag name. name. Yes. So Riku says, howdy. 
Hope I'm not late. Here's my top five characters of all time. Number five is John Constantine from DC Comics. Good pick. Four is Akuma from Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Three is Raiden from Metal, Metal Gear Solid. Number two is Nero from Devil May Cry. And number one is Dream from DC Comics. I don't know most of those. Like, I'm familiar with I'm a couple of them. I'm intrigued by some of these. Um, yeah, and then obviously Guts and uh, Bender. Bender, Bending Rodriguez. Bender didn't I quite. I can't roll my R's. Rodriguez. He didn't quite make my list, Bender and Fry. Close, but not quite. Oh, I could go for some fries. Also, John Wick was on my list, but didn't quite make it. hungry. Dr. Serizawa from Godzilla. Like the 1954, Andy was played again by Ken Watanabe in the 2014 and the King of the Monsters version. Um, Also, Silver Surfer is another one of mine that did not make it. Caesar from Planet of the Apes, both the original uh, series and the new one. Little John from the animated Robin Hood did not make my list. Neither did Wally the Green Monster. I didn't even think of Wally the Green Monster and his sister Tessie. Oh my God, I love Wally. I hugged him once and it was the happiest day of my I life. I remember how happy you were. Well, one of the happiest days of my I have a lot of happiest days of my <laughs> life. I, 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 a lot of things have happened. Well, I've I'm, had good I'm days. I'm spinning the wheel. I'm spinning but the yeah, wheel. I met Wally once and, Ooh, and Patrick and wasn't even with it me. It is. Oh. <laughs> it's so close to like. I, I was sure it was going to be somebody else, but it it's, it just slid over the uh, the line. And this is from uh, one of the people who actually got me into podcasting. One of uh, our best friends, Dynamo Fucking Mars. Oh, Dynamo Mars! He's a legend. He sent us two uh, two voicemails from his Quinjet communication console. So we're gonna. Play part one now. Uh, congratulations, Throwdown Thursday. Patsy, my dear, dear friend. Um, my dear, dear brother. Uh, I love you dearly. Um, Ashes, we love my you, future ex-wife. Uh, <laughs> I mean, my dear friend. Uh, I love you biblically. Um, <laughs> anyway, there was no fucking way to do this when... when I thought I missed the deadline because Patsy asked me to do it and, like, it just fucking made my head explode. Uh, I lost, like, an hour. Um, so here's my list with a couple caveats. Obviously, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave off the, the kind of mirror images of my generic heroes of Blue Beetle and Moon Knight as well as their uh, more famous proxy, Spider-Man and Batman. I love them. Uh, both those characters have a lot in common, and I think that, like, uh, you know, they're characters that I really understand and see myself a lot in. Uh, you know, if Batman or, um, you know, um, Mark Spector had an alternate identity that was like a superhero, it would probably be Ted Cord or, or Spider Man, because, like, you know, it's juvenile. Jovial and fun and joking outward, but kind of more of like a, you know, a, a, an emo gothy kid on the inside. Uh, sorry, that's 
not very fun, and that's a little too much uh, inside baseball. Uh, but anyway, I also couldn't do this uh, with five uh, because it's just too hard. It was too hard. Um, so I'm going to fly through this. Here's my fucking top ten, motherfuckers. Uh, do it! Here it is. Uh, number ten is Dutch from The Predator. Uh, I, I just think outside of um, Ash. Uh, and speaking of that, I'm also not going to use my... My three, you know, my big horror favorites like Ash or Jason or Frankenstein. Those are like, you know, liking them and being my age is like, you know, or liking Batman is liking the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. Everybody likes them. They're not special. So uh, I'm rambling. Here's my list. Dutch from Predator. Other than Ash, I think he's my favorite monster fighter of all time. He totally kicks all type of ass. And, uh, you know, I'm just a big Arnold fan. And I've always liked the Arnold characters. They're a little more vulnerable. Um... Number nine is Mega Man. He's my favorite video game character. Uh, he's got such a rich history. There's, like, actually bands that write records about him. But I also feel like there's enough left to the imagination, at least of an American fan, that you can kind of, like, you know, understand and really enjoy this kind of uh, cybernetic Pinocchio story. I love it. Uh, number seven is probably the character I associate most with. Um, I was going to move him further up the list, but just said, fuck it. Uh... And that's Ben Grimm, the thing. Um, I really get Ben Grimm. I've really always understood Ben Grimm. And as I get older and uh, cancer, you know, changed a lot of me, uh, uh, I've always understood, uh, you know, I, I, I've always got him. I've always understood the kind of uh, always the bridesmaid, never the bride, everybody's friend, uh, nobody's lover. Like, I, I just get him. I love the thing. I think he's great. Um, number six was Kitty Pride. She was like my Harry Potter, like her going to Xavier school. She really, you know, gave a human young element in, um, uh, in, you know, these kind of larger than life characters that created and it. And through her eyes, she humanized them. some. number five is another mutant character, uh, Domino. Um, I uh, I love this character. Uh, she's totally underutilized. Uh, she's been written. Um, her last series that was out um, was incredible. Um, uh, and I'm drawing a blank who wrote it because she's one of my favorite uh, writers. And I'm trying to speed through this a little bit. Um, but like, yeah, it was a great series. Um, same writer that wrote Sinister Six. Uh, I adore it. Number four is. Uh, John Constantine, I think he's just a strong character. I think he's totally flawed, and I think he might be one of the most human people ever shown in comics. Um, uh, I think different writers have accidentally even shown, you know, different sides of his personality. You know, sometimes he's a good friend, sometimes he's an asshole, um, and he always seems to be able to justify his actions in the moment but you can tell they weigh on him in the background number three another character that was written by the fucking awesome writer uh who's in my top five writers whose name escapes me right now still is deadshot who was written in the incredible secret six comic he's a batman villain yeah he's been you know the lead over the years in suicide squad i don't know what appealed to me i think it was just john ostrich was writing in suicide squad um Ostester. Um, but he, again, was a lot like Constantine. He was really flawed. 
and, you know, was able to justify a lot of actions that maybe didn't weigh on him consequence wise, like Constantine, but, um, it was almost the reverse. His, his good actions, his human actions as a, not a killer, his, his being a person weighed on him. And I love him. Uh, number two and one are almost interchangeable to me. Number one is Barbara Gordon throughout her different, um, uh, iterations. She's just been so cool from Oracle to Batgirl to whatever else. And, and I think that, you know, being the first lady in the, um, one of the most toxically men's locker rooms of all time, uh, you know, and, and being a functioning human, uh, amongst a great deal of mental illness and strife that she deals with is, uh, is pretty amazing. And number one is Dick Grayson, Robin Nightwing. Um, again, I think he's amazing. He's my dream character to write. You could do a great, uh, action story and have him fighting gangsters, or he could be in space and it makes sense. The fact that he's probably the only thing that keeps him from being as good as Batman is the things that keep him being a better person. And I find that fascinating and great. So I love you guys. Happy, um, anniversary in real life and in podcast life and, uh, keep on rocking. Oh yeah. If I turn my mic on, it works way better. <laughs> Thank you, Dynamo. That was awesome. That's a hell of a list. That Yet, is a hell of a list. Dick Grayson, Barbara Gordon. Like it, I've never heard the bat family described as the, you know, the, the most toxically masculine locker room in all of comics, but it makes sense. It does. It really does. And, his his uh, description of Dick Grayson, like the only thing keeping him from being better than Batman as a character or as a as a hero is the things that make him a better person. And like, that's fucking spot on. Like, that's great. He does have another voicemail that he sent us. I don't know if this one's also seven minutes, but I'm going to play it right now. So what do we got here? I'm sorry. It was really bothering me. Gail Simone is the writer of the secret six and of the last run of domino. And it's, was really bothering me. I couldn't remember. And if you haven't read that stuff, pick up those trades. Cause you, my friend will not be, um, disappointed. Uh, and as I, um, finished this, I realized that I just forgot domino. Uh, I just forgot midnighter and blade and Oh fuck. So one thing. Um, so I'll change my list. Uh, Eight and nine are Blade and Midnighter and seven. Uh, I don't know. It, it's all Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing. Okay. I'm sorry. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> no need to apologize. I understand I the need it. to make oh, sure you that you. see the thought process trying to figure out my list. It was yeah. brutal. Took a lot of wine, a lot of tears. Yeah. It was like, how do I take this? A lot then, of profanity. Like you've heard some of our lists. It's like. Holy shit, how did I not pick this person? How did I not get that right. person on my list? Dynamo Mars is one of my most favorite people to walk this earth. So thank you so much for taking the time to sending us you know, to send us that voicemail. And thank you for the anniversary wishes. For those of you who don't know, this is actually a pretty like monumental week for us because yeah. not only is it the 200th episode of Throwdown Thursday, holy crap, I can't believe we've been doing this for 200 episodes 
almost four years. I can't believe we've been doing this for three hours and 15 minutes. Ridiculous. <laughs> but, but it was also the... 10th anniversary of our engagement on the 21st. Yeah, so a couple days ago. Or what we call our engagement anniversary because we don't celebrate Valentine's Day. We don't celebrate any of these other birthdays and our two anniversaries. Hallmark holidays and stuff. We celebrate what's important to us, and that's our our two anniversaries our engagement anniversary and then our. Our September, like the ultimate. Which is like when we started, when we were officially together, and when we. Which was the day we met, and uh, our wedding, which is the same day. So, uh, all right, so we've got six left. Let's do this. Let's go. Let's go. And if you're still with us, hooray! thank you we so love much. You. Even if you have to do like a couple of days, that's fine. This is a long ass episode, and it is now time. What are we gonna hear from? We are going to hear from. Uh, Two of our favorite people. We are going to hear from once more, uh, Mr. Steve Van Sampson, Parasite Steve. But he is not alone on this voicemail. So please enjoy. Hey, Throwdowners, how's it going? Patsy and Ashes and everybody over at the Throwdown Thursday podcast. This is Parasite Steve and. Dr. Matteo. Calling from the Retro Doctivist Podcast, your buddies. And uh, we wanted to wish you guys an amazing 200th anniversary. It's really amazing. Not that you've been around for 200 years, of course, but 200 episodes, though. That's like like a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. So we want to say congrats. Congratulations. See, we both did. And congrats from everybody, all the Octo hosts at Retro Octopus. Um, so we're calling in with some top fives right now. And um, I figured I would let uh, Dr. Matteo go first. She's got a pretty cool top five. What you got, Doctor? Okay, so I got my top five favorite animals. So in number five, we got the Okapi. It is in the giraffe family. And then... On, at number four, we have the Uriel, and that is in the goat and sheep family. Then we have a fennec fox in number three, which is in the fox family. And we have number two, which is a pangolin. And at pangolin, not pangolin. And at number one, my favorite is a goat. Thank you. That's my top five. Greatest of all. That's time. pretty awesome. Top five. I'm glad you uh, you clarified the pangolin versus penguin because I wasn't sure if people would know that you didn't say penguin. Uh, the scaly scaly guys that eat, eat termites and are you know scaled and scaly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So for my top five, mine's a little bit different. If you don't mind, I don't have top five animals. What I have is top five. My top five favorite vampires in video games. Coming in at number five, I have Rain from Blood Rain. Number four, I have Dmitry Maximov from Darkstalkers. Number three, I have Alucard from Castlevania. Number two, I have Dracula Blair. from Castlevania. Because, you know, you thought Dracula was going to be number one, I bet. Well, you are wrong because my number one with a bullet favorite vampire in video games is Kane from the Legacy of Kane series. That's right. He uh, was a really amazing character. And, um, yeah, he started off with uh, the original Blood Omen Legacy of Kane game. And then he went into become a 
main villain in the Soul Reaver games, and then came back around to being playable in Blood Omen 2, and in Legacy of Cain, Defiance, which was the final appearance of the character. And uh, unfortunately, it never continued past that, but it's definitely um, a game that I, I hold in high regard, and I think that the voice acting, uh, which was done by Simon Templeman, um, was uh, one of the better uh examples of really really great voice acting in video games because you know let's remember that way back in the day we had uh, don't open that door and uh other such classics from uh early playstation one such like that so anyway yeah legacy of kane rules and uh we we hope that you guys have a great show and have a great 200 more episodes and we love you we'll uh catch you soon all right bye Oh, thank you so much, Parasite Steve and Dr. Mario with the really cool hair. Yeah, currently Googling a pangolin as we speak. Yeah, they're they're fun. Like they're they turn into like little pangol balls to like pangol balls. Yeah, they like roll up and they roll away from people. Like they have big claws. So kinda like, like roly polies? I don't know what that is. You know, little, little beetles, a little roly no, poly. No, this, like this is like a big, this is like an anteater. But, but kind of, but, but they roll up into little balls and can roll away. Uh, I can do that too. <laughs> yeah, so. I would pay so much money to see you roll into a little ball and roll away. All right, I'll take your stimulus check and I will roll and I will roll away. <laughs> yeah, no, I will I, roll I away need, with your stimulus I need, check. I need the visuals first. All right, so we have five left. Uh, we have... The remaining Ian, we have uh, Sean from Amalgamania, we have Jim Smith from Teal, who got his in uh, after midnight, because it's almost 1 a.m. right now. Oh my god. (laughs) Uh, Our buddy El Goro and Ashley V. Robinson. So I'm going to just spin this one more time, and then I'm just going to go alphabetical. Do it. Just go. So we can get through these, because it's a long show. And it looks like up next is Ashley V. Robinson, who is uh, kind enough to join us on, uh, on our show a while ago, um, talking about Jupiter Jet and science. She joined us a couple of times. Science! Yeah, we, we talked about Tamsin. Yes. And we talked about, uh, it was on the, our early episode, The Drake Equation, where we talked about Tim Drake. So, uh, speaking of Tim Drake... The character that she picked for number five is Robin. She doesn't specify which one, but I'm assuming it's Tim Drake. Uh, Number four, and this is a movie we just watched for the first time last night, Merida from Brave. Oh, good choice. I want Bear Brothers. (laughs) Little Bear Brothers. She said that like 40 times yesterday. Uh, Number three is a character that was mentioned once earlier today. Uh, Only the second Muppet named, and that is Kermit the Frog. Number two is Jane Eyre. Eyre. I always Jane Eyre. Eyre. I always pronounce that incorrectly. Uh, and number one is a character you just became acquainted with recently, Mr. Frodo. Frodo Baggins. Oh, Mr. Frodo. So make sure you uh, check out Jupiter Jet and Science graphic novels. They're phenomenal. Um. All right, so. <sighs> okay, so let's see what we have left for emails. I think we only have one that we haven't. Oh, 
Did we hear from Phil from Doctor? Yes, we did. Yes, we hear did. From Phil from Doctor Discussions. Uh, we have Sean Sponsler from Amalgamania. Yep. So, so his top Phil. five are Deadpool, Harley Quinn. I think that's supposed to is that Rogue or Rouge? I think it's supposed to be Rogue. Okay. Uh, Deathstroke, Johnny Gat, with a bonus, Doctor Fate and Judge Dredd. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, Dr. Fate's a good character. Actually, our buddy Coop just sent me, because I won a contest on Amalgamania, just sent me a whole ton of uh, Dr. Fate comics, which is uh, pretty awesome. Um, Let's see. So we also... Oh, nope. That's not it. Never mind. We only... we So we have... That was it. That was it for emails. For email. So I will give you Ian's final uh, final top five. Uh, and this is his horror list. So at number five, he has the trolls from Troll, not the trolls from Troll 2, because those are goblins. Uh, the Lycans from the Underworld franchise, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, and Michael Myers rounding out his top five. Next, uh, we will, I have a, uh, a DM from our good buddy, uh, one of the best podcasters and probably the best film critic that I know. Uh, our buddy Il El Goro over at Talk Without Rhythm. Uh, he said, here, he says, I'm slammed with work, so I wasn't able to record or write anything in depth. So here's a stripped down list of my top five favorite characters. Congratulations on 200 episodes. El Goro just hit like 600 recently. Um, he wow. is the it's shadow in which we all goals, stand. Yeah. So number five, Guts from Berserk. Second time someone has mentioned him. Uh, number four, The Max from The Max. Uh, Minsk and Boo from the Baldur's Gate franchise. Not familiar with that at all, but uh, I'm, I'm familiar with the name, but I don't know the characters. And Ellen Ripley, who is now tied Ash Williams for the most mentioned character. And uh, Wolverine from the X-Men comics and movies and, and whatnot. Uh, so... I'm not surprised he actually came on with our uh, Old Man Logan episode. He did our uh, Doctor Strange episode. Mm-hmm. He did. Uh, he helped us out with the uh, the Losers Club episode, Size Matters. Um, so the last one we have is from our good buddy Jim Smith over at Teal. We actually have two messages from him. One is his top five, and the other is uh, something we're going to play at the end of the show. Unless you want to do it, play them both together. So, uh, so here is his top five. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Jim Smith of Teal. I wanted to give you guys a quick shout and give you my top five characters of all time. I think you guys know me pretty well, but I'd have to say number one definitely goes out to Marty McFly. Uh, you know, he, he's definitely a big hero of mine. I love Back to the Future. And, you know, the guy's in a band. He's got a hoverboard. He's got a sweet 1987 black... Toyota pickup truck, you know, he's got the girls, he's got it going on. So Marty's definitely the coolest dude in my book. And I'd have to go with number two being Darth Vader. I mean, he wears black. He looks like a samurai. He's super badass. One of the greatest villains ever created. And, uh, you know, he can blow up a planet with the push of a button or he can choke somebody out via teleconference call so, you know, he's just super badass. So Darth Vader would be number two. Uh, as far as ever. number three, I'd have to go with Willy Wonka. 
I mean, the guy's a magician. He owns a crazy candy factory. He murders little children. He's just super <laughs> wild and weird and super cool. Uh, so, yeah, Willy Wonka is definitely number three in my book. Number four, I'd have to go with Jason Voorhees, one of my top horror guys. I mean, he just keeps coming back. You can't stop him. You know, he is just brute force. He does what he wants to do. He doesn't talk. He just comes in, takes care of business, and he's out. And the coolest thing about it, he has a hockey mask. I was a goalie, so there's just a little piece of my heart that just goes out to Jason because he rocks a goalie mask. So yeah, Jason's definitely number four in my book. And number five, I think most of us would agree that Batman is one of the greatest characters ever designed and illustrated, and you've seen it adapted a hundred times in different movies. Batman's the best. You know, he's got the toys. He fights crime. He's got the money. He gets the girls. He's just super cool. So as far as characters are concerned, I think those are my top five, and I hope you guys enjoy this. Rock on. It's a pretty solid list. It is, and he's the only one who's mentioned Batman. Out of all of these folks, yeah. he is the only one to mention Batman. Uh, so he's got a, uh, a thing that he's doing uh, charity-wise. So we're going to play that message that he sent earlier because I asked him to send this in. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Jim Smith of Teal and Synth Records. I just wanted to reach out to you guys and let you know about a really exciting project. Coming this Friday, we are going to release over 20 songs from synthesizer-based bands. So you can go to synthrecords.com and you'll be able to download this album called Waves of Hope. And the idea of this project was to get a lot of different artists to contribute a song, you know, and build up this really great compilation. And what we're going to do is all the profits that are made from the donation-based album will go to my buddy Chris Rodkey. He is uh, currently building protective face masks for medical and emergency workers. So, uh, you know, I heard about him doing this and I thought it was a great cause. And I reached out to a lot of my music producer buddies and we said, let's do a compilation and you can pay whatever you want. You could donate a dollar, you can donate $10,000, but check out synthrecords.com this Friday. We will have a link to the Bandcamp page and you'll be able to download this for whatever you want to donate. And it's going to go towards a great cause and uh, just think about the medical staff and emergency workers in your area. And if you want to donate and leave a message in the notes where you'd like your mask to be donated to, uh, go for it. And Chris will make his best effort to, uh, you know, post up where all these masks are going. And and uh, it's a great cause. So anyway, check it out, synthrecords.com. And we're going to have Waves of Hope album coming out soon. Thanks, guys, for taking this call. And uh, hope you guys are doing well. Stay safe and rock on. That's fantastic. Oh, sorry. I didn't. I had my microphone off again. If you are unfamiliar <laughs> with Teal, it's fucking late. If you are unfamiliar with Teal, go over and to. And we might be inebriated just yeah. a little bit. Yeah, she just poured more wine. More wine. But although this wine's kind of like Kool Aid. Um, it's sangria. Go over to uh, bandcamp.com. And you can go to Teal's page. Just search Teal. That's Teal with three E's. T-E-E-E-L. Uh, he's got a bunch of stuff on there. Uh, he was offering all of his 
digital downloads for another one of those, like, you know, pay whatever you think it's worth. So, I mean, I, I bought it. Um, I own some of his vinyl. I'm a huge fan. I've seen him live. He's a great guy. Uh, a lot of his songs, especially off of University Heights, are 80s based. So check that out. And it supports a good cause. And you get some great music to uh, kind of pass some of the time while you're home alone or home with, you know, your family. You just, you know, you're working from home. You need some new stuff to jam out to. Synthrecords.com. That'll help you out. So we're going to take a quick break, like a really quick break. And when we come back, we're going to wrap up and thank everybody. And uh, yeah, so. Give you our top three. Yeah. So we'll be right back. Shark Bites, Shark Bites Podcast. It's the greatest show in history. From the Dorkening Network. Hosted by a nerd who's named Patsy. From movie reviews to tips on surviving the coronavirus, Shark Bites has it all. Follow us on Facebook and suggest topics at sharkbitespod at gmail.com. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Patrick Ray Hall in the motherfucking house. Welcome back. Thank you for sticking around with us through this absolute fucking marathon. <laughs> like I think this is hands down the longest episode that we've had. Oh, this is easily the longest episode we've ever done. Like, we've done, like, I mean, two like, and a half. For good reasons, yeah, though. You because, guys are amazing. Yeah, because you guys have been, like, awesome enough to contribute your... Uh, we truly have the best friends and listeners and family. You the guys Throwdown are Thursday family rules. absolutely incredible. So, we won't keep you in suspense. Uh, we're going to give you our top, top three. three characters of all time. My ultimate of all time. My ultimate one. So... For three, for me, for number three, uh, this is a character I can't go into too much detail because it would spoil too many things for Ashes because she does not know the ultimate fate of uh, this franchise. But for me, number three, Severus Snape. 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 Severus Snape. Snape. Dumbledore. Uh, just a phenomenally written Harry character. Potter, There's oh, so much. Like he's quietly becomes the most powerful wizard outside of Dumbledore and Voldemort. Maybe that's a, <laughs> a serious, because I've seen, so I read through book four, and you've seen Lost Interest. Six. But two summers ago, I started watching, or was it last summer? It was, it was two last years summer, ago. Two years ago. I don't have any concept of time anymore time is an illusion i don't know what day it is i i'm still working and i don't know what day it is like this is crazy time is important and i am a clock it's 9 30 fish everywhere fish, fish everywhere. everywhere um but yeah so i made it through the sixth film mm -hmm. so the Half seventh prince this wait is it a seventh and eighth or seventh part one and two or seventh how? part one and two Okay. They did the same thing they did with Hunger Games. They took the third book and turned it into and turned two movies. 
the yeah the the final book and turn it into two films. Okay, so yeah, so I haven't made it through those yet. So I know, like I, I'm still gagging over the end of the sixth film. Like mm-hmm. how could that have happened? You find out in this. Um, so I think that might be a, a a franchise that I need to revisit the first few films and then finish watching. Change. You know the the last film films, and uh, maybe do another episode. Mm-hmm. Who's your number three? So my number three is uh, a character from a franchise who I absolutely adore. It's probably my second most favorite television show of all time at this point. We've rewatched it numerous times and although the final season leaves a lot to be desired there are some fantastic amazing incredible things that happen in the remaining seasons i'm talking about game of thrones and of course i'm talking about the queen of the realms cersei lannister yeah, I kind of. I mean, no, I, I feel like I don't need to fill in the blanks there. It's fucking Cersei Lannister. You guys know I love Cersei Lannister. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with her. Lena Headey's performance, the fact that she did not win awards, like the accolades weren't just thrown in her direction for portraying this character, is is a crime. And I love Cersei Lannister for multiple reasons. If you want to know those reasons, you can actually check out the episode we did on Cersei Lannister. But I think she's... Is it down at Casterly Rock? Down at Casterly Rock, dance your cares away. Um, I just fucking love her, and I can't get enough of her, and I'm trying my damnedest to not rewatch Game of Thrones for the umpteenth time while in quarantine, because there are so many things, other things that I need to check out, mm-hmm. like like you know, watching the Game of Th- uh, not Game of Thrones, uh, the Lord of the Rings series. We're gonna watch the Hobbit films. We'll probably watch Harry Potter again. I'm trying to branch out and not delve back into. I want to say like my comfort food stuff that you know. Trying yeah. to expand your. Right, but it is difficult. It is difficult not not starting Game of Thrones from episode one, season one. But yeah, Cersei Lannister just does it for me for multiple reasons. All right, so number two for me. Uh, this is the uh, I've read this series a bunch of times, and you know, right after I get through the riddle contest, I have to read the stand because that's the world it takes place in. I'm talking, of course, about Roland's Quartet. So Roland DeShane, Eddie and Susanna Dean, Jake Chambers, and Oi. Uh, I I can't separate them because they are too integral to each other. Each character provides growth for the other. Um, yeah, I'm talking about the uh, Ro- uh, Stephen King's Dark Tower series, uh, the seven books that uh, the the Gunslinger, the Drawing of the Three. The Wastelands, Wizard and Glass, Wolves of the Kala, uh, Song of Susanna, and The Dark Tower. Um, it's It spans 30 years. You see a lot of references to you know, Lord of the Rings. You see a lot of references to 
Star Wars, Harry Potter, um, which is kind of cool. Uh, Stephen King himself is a character in the story. It's uh, it's pretty awesome, and I've read it repeatedly. I have, much like the Harry Potter series, I have several copies of the books, you know, ranging from a couple of years old to 30 years old. So uh, I highly recommend it, and that's my number two. So my number two, again, I feel like these last picks should come as no surprise. If you know me, if you know what I like, if you listen to the show, uh, my number two favorite character of all time. And a couple of years ago, I had the utmost honor of meeting this person, the person who portrayed this character and telling him how much he means to me as well as this character. I am talking about Tim Curry as Dr. Frankenfurter from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yep. I mean, ah, this film has gotten me through some some times, and this film has definitely helped shape, shape who I am as a person, has helped me learn who I am and express myself in certain ways. Not to mention Tim Curry is a god and he is so fucking fabulous as Dr. Frankenfurter. I feel like that might be a character we need to revisit at some point because that's one of the characters we did one of my first episodes ever Mary on the show. And Frankenfurter. So, I mean, Rocky Horror is life. Rocky Horror is a being in and of itself. It's unlike anything else and I try so hard to make it to multiple shadow casts every year and there's something about being with a crowd of people who love and appreciate this film the same way you do and participating in this crowd activity and watching the film on the big screen that is just so invigorating and so wonderful and just life-giving like it's it's incredible like you can watch this film in the comfort of your home and sing along to the songs and it's it's great karaoke with your friends right and it's it's fine it's great but there's something about being at a midnight showing of rocky horror in some you know independent film theater with a bunch of your friends singing at the top of your lungs and throwing toilet paper all over the place. I mean, granted, right now you wouldn't do that now. because that's like a hot commodity. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna hoard that. But you know, there's there's something about being with your people, being with you know fellow your weirdos. Your, your yeah, so your fellow weirdos, your fellow you know transsexual transvestites, you know, from transsexual Transylvania. It's it's just so freeing. And there is something about there's almost something magnanimous about Tim Curry as Dr. Frankenfurter. You know, I said this in the episode that we covered 
that we did on him, you know, part of me wants to be him. And yet part of me wants to fuck him, you know, (laughs) like I want to be him, but I also want to be with him. Like I just, you, there's something so incredibly confident about this character and I want to be like him so much. Not only do I want his shoes, those black ones, the, Mm -hmm. the, the platforms with the silver glitter heels, I need to get me a pair of those at some point. But there's this confidence that he has about himself. He knows he could be with anybody. He could get any person. And he has. Well, that and, was what we said. But I mean, but that's something that, that, but that's Tim Curry in general. I mean, he could still get it and he knows it. Well, that's what, uh, when, when we saw him at Rhode Island Comic Con the day before you met him, when he did the panel and someone asked him about Rocky Horror. What was the thing, the last thing he said? Oh, I certainly I, I, didn't have any trouble getting laid. Yes. And I said, well, that answers my question. But he said that that was one of his favorite characters, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that he's portrayed, had the honor to portray. And it's just something that has become so ingrained in pop culture, especially, you know, the underground uh, culture, you know, this this thing he's 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 a god like he's just he's everything and you know his portrayal of dr frankenfurter is just it's up there with one of the best character portrayals of all time yes so before we give our number ones yes i've been keeping track okay throughout the night so i want to give the top five of everybody's top five so tied at five is Han Solo, Doctor Who, Wolverine, and Kratos, each with three votes. Number four is uh, Darth Vader with uh, four votes. Indiana Jones with six. And the number one most popular characters, Ashley J. Williams and Ellen Ripley. So according to you guys, those are the most uh popular characters of all the top five lists that we did. So my number one, it's not my ultimate, but this should surprise no one. And as soon as I say it, Ash is going to know who my ultimate is. But my number one is the father-son duo of Homer and Bart Simpson. Mm-hmm. Also Hank Scorpio, but Homer and Bart Simpson. <laughs> um very few characters had more of an impact on my young life as uh, Homer and Bart. Except for your ultimate. Except for my ultimate. Um, it's something that I bring into pretty much every conversation. You know, my my number one, my, my Homer and Bart. I'm always referencing The Simpsons. I'm constantly talking about The Simpsons like... It's just nonstop. I have Bart tattooed on my left wrist. Um, hopefully that'll be a sleeve someday if we can ever come out of hiding. But yeah, the the Simpsons had such a huge impact on me as a kid. And even now, which is rare for a TV show to run for 30 fucking Almost years. as old as I am. Like, it's insane. It's crazy. Yeah. That's not like Saturday Night Live. No, which in even Saturday Night Live, you know, the cast has changed. It, it that's a different kind of monster. Like, yeah, 
The Simpsons. You don't have it's the same. It's been the same voice actors. It's the, the same, same cast characters. of characters. Yeah, it's you know, yeah, it's you know, because you talk about Saturday Night Live, you'd be like, oh well, you know, this these were my favorite years. You know, the Belushi years or the the you know, Spade Farley Sandler years or you know, uh, you know Michael Myers and 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 Dana Carvey and Phil Hartman, those guys. You know, and like you have these like different like chunks of it's almost like you know different shows because you Mm -hmm. have such a diverse cast and then tim meadows who's been on for like 40 years but the simpsons is just it's the same characters the same actors you know over and over and over and over and over again and it's managed to remain relevant like we're watching some of the earlier seasons and it's like that stuff is still relevant now well i mean and they've somehow managed to predict the future many 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 times much to our chagrin (laughs) we've we've inherited quite the budget crunch from president trump that was fucking 1992 not 92 like like 98 i have to look it up but yeah when lisa becomes president you know it's like and that's the only time i will say those two words back to back by the way, uh, when I'm quoting The Simpsons. I was going to say, because you need to stay authentic to your Simpsons right. quotes. But, you know, aside from that. So who is your okay, number so, uh, one? Well, okay, so I'm going to do what you're doing then. I'm going to have my ultimate number one. So my number one character of all time is Judy Garland as Dorothy Gale from The Wizard of Oz. So I know who your number one I is. I am absolutely shocked that nobody else has said anything about The Wizard of Oz. There is such a cast of characters, and a brilliant cast of characters, you know, representing all of these different mannerisms and, you know, courage, brain, heart, home and there's something about Dorothy that has always resonated with me uh the final bit where she's trying to go home and she needs to click her heels together and she's trying to find the magic within herself and Glenda the good witch is like oh no my dear you've had the magic within you all along mm-hmm. like you've had it inside of you all along you just needed to find it there's something about that especially to a young child a young girl that means everything not to mention you know i i think this is the film that facilitated my love for shoes mm-hmm. but not only that i remember as a child watching this film and i would do this with multiple films And uh, I would act it out. I would dress up in some of my mom's old clothes and some of the play dresses and stuff that I had. I actually had a pair of plastic red glitter. They were supposed to be Dorothy shoes that I would clomp around the house in that would annoy my parents because we had hardwood floors at the time. and They were hard plastic, so they would legit clomp around everywhere. I would have this little puppet dog that I had at the time. I remember his name was Baxter. He didn't look like Toto at all, but I would pretend that he was my Toto and I would run around the house with the little yellow Fisher Price basket with the orange handles. Like the shopping basket. Yeah, the shopping basket uh, with Baxter in the basket pretending to be my Toto And I would run around the house pretending to be Dorothy and play along with a film. And it's just one of those one of those films, one of those things that really helped facilitate my imagination Mm. as a child. And even now as an adult, you know, I watch this film and I'm taken back to that place. I'm still that little girl playing dress up 
in my parents' living room, living at Andrews Air Force Base down in Maryland at the time. You know, my sister hadn't been born yet. I had a dog named Shorty. And the only reason he was not my Toto was because he would not, he was too big to fit in my basket. And he was having no part of me trying to play with him at that point. And he also so, did not bless the rains down in Africa. He No, he did not bless the He only had one eye. He was adorable. He was a mutt and I loved him. Uh, he would actually hide under the bed during thunderstorms. So I would go under my parents' bed in particular. So I would go hide under my parents' bed with him to keep him company during thunderstorms. But that's another story. But yeah, so so my number one character of all time is Dorothy Gale. So my ultimate, as everyone who knows me has probably guessed, is Mittens. Uh, <laughs> 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 Not even that funny. It's just so late, and I am a little toasty right now. Uh, I was. Hungry. I've been waiting to say that. No, my <laughs> my mittens. ultimate. Um, aside from the Simpsons, um, this is the only. I don't even want to call it a franchise, but this is the only thing that really had a a huge impact on me and kind of shaped who I am, even to this day. You know, encouraging me to use my imagination, encouraging me to you know, be, you know, it's okay to be obnoxious and it's okay to... Well, I mean, it's not okay. No, it's but... okay. <laughs> you know, it's okay to be, you know, a kid. It's okay to be, you know, who you are. Like, you know, your best friend could be, you know, somebody that you carry around with them. They they might It might not be real to anybody else, but as long as it's real to you. And I am, of course, talking about Calvin and Hobbes. Calvin and Hobbes are my all-time favorite characters from anything ever. Um, this was probably the easiest choice out of all of the characters that I picked. Uh, it was the first thing that came into my head. Like, they're tattooed on me. It was my first tattoo was Calvin and Hobbes. Um, pretending to be zombies. Pretending to be zombies. It's... Uh, one of my favorite strips because that was the time I learned the word undead. I didn't know what undead was because uh, Calvin says that uh, horribly the undead feed upon the living, although a PB and J will do if you eat it messily enough. <laughs> and it's one of the earlier cartoons uh, that Bill Watterson did of Calvin and Hobbes. And it's just uh, Calvin is just such a great character. And like, there's very little that he licensed. Like I have all the books and then I have like the big collection that they released years later. Um, I have a couple of pieces of art uh, that also ties into some of my favorite fandoms like Calvin and Hobbes, you know, the, the famous picture of them walking across the log that's been, you know, duplicated and imitated a thousand times. Uh, it's them walking across a bridge. Uh, he's He-Man and, uh, Hobbs is is Cringer or Battle Cat, and they're walking across to uh, a Castle Grey Skull. I also have another one of uh, Calvin with the Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, just fucking amazing because you know if he had the Infinity Gauntlet, the reality that he would create would be amazing. And yeah, it's because of Calvin that you know I've exercised my imagination as much as I did and still do, and I still have. My little stuffed Hobbs, who is in bed with us every single night. So that's my ultimate, my 
top character of all time. So my ultimate, again, no surprise. Mittens. It's it's Mittens, yes. Um, it's Julie Andrews as Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. I mean, this character means so much to me and means even more to me now as an adult. Uh, again, I was that little girl watching it on... Actually, my parents had recorded it. This was back in the, the days where we would record things off of television uh, on onto VHS. And my parents had recorded it off of the Disney Channel for me. And I watched it so much, I wore it out. Like, it just would not play anymore to the point where my parents had to go out and physically buy the copy. You know, and these were the days when VHS tapes were not so cheap. You know, so... Um, yeah, my mom likes telling that story about how I wore out Mary Poppins because I loved it so much. But I used to, you know, play in the living room pretending to be Mary Poppins. I would go outside with a big diaper bag and my umbrella and jump up and down and powder my nose with a compact and wait for for the wind to carry me away to, you know, the next place that needed me. Uh, she's just such a wonderful character who in her own way facilitates imagination and growth and, you know, the fact that you can be an adult, but you can still have fun, you know, and it's okay to abide by other people's rules, but it's also okay to make your own rules and make your own fun and do what you're supposed to do, but do it your own way, you know, tidy up the nursery, but have fun with it, you know. Take your medicine, but take it with a spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go down. You know, be practically perfect in every way, but still, you know, get a little smudge on your nose when you're dancing with the chimney sweeps. You know, like it's just she's she is everything to me. She is practically perfect in every way. She is everything I aspire to be, you know, a lot of these characters have kind of become an amalgamation of who I am today. But this one character is a character that has stayed with me through the years. You know, she is so incredibly poised and perfect. She knows exactly what to say. She has the witty comebacks, but she knows how to have fun. She knows how to let her hair down, so to speak. She never actually lets her hair down. You never see the it. very idea. <laughs> And she facilitates this idea of of family. You know, I mean, we know that Mary Poppins is actually the story of George Banks, but they would never be a family. They would never grow. They would never see each other's potential without her help. And she is just such an inspiring and awe-inspiring character. And it's something that, you know... I watched the film and I still cry. You know, it's one of those movies. I don't cry at a lot of things, but it's one of those films where the end where Bert is, you know, they're all singing, let's go fly a kite. And the family is happy and everything is complete. And Mary Poppins is making her trek up in the clouds to wherever she's needed next. And, you know, Bert is saying, you know, so long, Mary Poppins. Thank you. Until next time. And ah, oh, I just I always get chills every time I cry. It's 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 such a beautiful ending to a film because it's really not an ending. It's just 
a continuation. It's the end of this story, but right. it's like the end of her story. Exactly. And you know, you know she's going to go on to the next family and do the same thing and bring another family together. And, you know, she's just one of those characters who, you know, one of my favorite scenes is when the they are drawn in there in the animated scenes and it shows her kind of letting loose a little bit and really having fun she accidentally wins the horse race and then they sing supercalifragilisticexpialidocious and i just love how she's able to be so many things for so many people mm-hmm. and it's what i wanted to be as a child And it's kind of something that I grew up to be, you know, being so many things for so many different people, having my hands in so many different pots, being able to accomplish so many things and being this person for that person and this person for this person and that person for that person. You know, it's a it's a tough job, but it's it's nothing that Mary Poppins can't do. I just love her so much. And you have the Practically Perfect in Every Way tattoo. I do have her hat with the Practically Perfect in Every Way tattooed. And I hope to eventually turn it into a partial Mary Poppins-inspired It would be pretty rare. Sleeve at some point. I need... Well, so I have a carpet bag. It's not exactly her carpet bag, but it is a carpet bag. And I do have her parrot umbrella. Shout out to Kex. Yeah, that was was a Christmas present that made me ball a lot. Mm -hmm. Ruin my mascara, why don't you? So, yeah, I'm... Hoping to do stuff in the there's a there's a always been a cosplay in the back of my mind mm-hmm. a couple of them that I'd like to accomplish at some point so we'll see but so we just want to thank you for sticking through this now just shy of four hours cheers and uh, thank you for contributing and if you didn't contribute uh, thank you for listening thank you for being part of our throwdown thursday family part of our journey over the past 200 uh, episodes 200 weeks this is crazy 200 weeks i can't believe it i I, i'm like it means a lot that you guys are still here right now (laughs) um i will say um there is a a benefit to uh listening to us other than you know finding out stuff about your favorite characters uh right now amalgamania is doing a contest They're trying to get 200 listens for this show, which is nice because they're helping us out. Um, Send a picture to uh, Amalgamania. There's a thread on the Facebook Facebook group where um, you'll see our logo. And send over a picture a screenshot if you're listening on your phone or you know if you're listening on your computer take a take a picture take a screenshot send it over to uh this this thread and you'll be entered in to win some prizes action figures comics things like that that's incredible trying to trying to get uh 200 listens which would be awesome um you know we're not going to lie but uh, we appreciate everybody who does listen. Even if only one person listened, we'd still be doing the show. So, 
This has been a lot of fun, and I really enjoy it. It gives me something to look forward to every week, and I'm just tickled that you guys, you know, want to come along this ride with us. So many week of you after week are just so like, great to I'm, us. I am so humbled and honored. Seriously, uh, it's it's it almost makes me speechless. Almost. Yeah, very few quite. things actually do, but it it almost makes me speechless. So thank you so much, you guys. You are seriously the best listeners in the entire fucking world, and I mean that. And we love you. Guys. I cannot wait to see what the next two hundred brings. Yeah. So, uh, cheers. And with that being said, to the next two hundred, we, we will, will see you next Thursday. Thursday. Oh, <laughs>